welcome to the Great Game Debate After Dark, where anything and everything goes. I am here today with Tristan. Heyo. And Steven. Going on, guys. And we have with us today Sal. Hey, everybody. What's going on? As always, we're going to start to. <laughs> As always, we are going to start with our debate. Today, for our teams, we have Tristan and Steven on a team together. Followed by Sal and I. We are going to do the standard typical two minutes to introduce our uh, games, and I'll let one of you guys decide who goes first. Uh, Tristan, do you want in? I was about to say, it sounds like Tristan. Uh, okay. And we can do whatever, whatever you want to do. <laughs> are you are you feeling are you feeling hot on this? Are you ready to take off? Uh, one thing I want to say is that we're doing uh, the Goaties for two thousand three and. Like, no offense to anyone that loves any of these games. Like, I'm sure a few of them are on a few top 10 lists, but it was, it's a pretty shit year. <laughs> no offense. Like, it's like, it's not a top tier year. Um, so, yeah, I was actually, like, struggling to find which one is, like, uh, you know, argument proof, and none of them are. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, if you want me to go, I'm more than happy to go. <laughs> You said a reluctant, but now now I want you to go. So okay. All you right, know you right. chose the year, right? <laughs> well, no, well, no we've just been working going... in order. We're working yeah, in order I'm, from two thousand. I'm, so. I'm just joking. Uh, so two thousand three was not a bad year. There was some. I, I was like debating between a lot. Oh really? Yeah. Really? Persia, Caliber two. Yeah. Man, there's, uh, there's some know, good ass. Yeah. I guess it just wasn't in my wheelhouse because yeah, it, it it feels like that two thousand like 12 year or whatever it was when it was like shadow of Mordor versus dragon age inquisition for me where it was just like yeah. oh, a bunch of That's eights, a, bummer year. a bunch of eights that are getting like game of the year awards you know <laughs> all right uh so even though i made that like pre preface about it not being a banger year there were some banger games and mine is one of the building blocks for some of the most legendary western rpgs and that is Knights of the Old Republic, commonly referred to as KOTOR. This game... Sorry, have we started my timer? <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. I got you. Oh, good shit. I'm running Go out of time already. Holy shit. Uh, Fast and loose. <laughs> I lost my cord. Fuck. <laughs> oh, no. All right, we'll, we'll give um, you an extra, like... We'll give you an extra 10 time. seconds. We'll, we'll give you an okay. extra 10. Go. Right. So, Checkpoint. This game has freaking amazing dialogue. It has really cool characters like HK, whatever the fuck his name is, that calls everyone uh, blood bag, meat bag. Um, hilarious. Awesome. Dual-wielding lightsabers. You get so many cool characters. Um, choices that define how your team makeup um, works. People can like, lose uh, trust in you if you choose, like, really bad decisions or really good decisions, depending on where they are on the light side and the dark side of the force. Um, and so it's a really cool balancing act of, like, where does your character want to be and what's your team makeup? Because some of them just aren't going to be on your side by the end if you choose certain things. Um, really amazing hook at the end, like, cool, cool twists. Um, and, yeah, like, it just had... That it was straight ripped from D and D, like you, you, you know, you you got attack rolls and 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 saving throws and all that sort of stuff. But it was a really awesome and innovative way to bring an RPG like to the Star Wars universe. Plus, they got to have a completely awesome narrative that was devoid of the baggage that is from 
the tri- the first trilogy and the second trilogy, which is the worst thing I think about all of the Star Wars games, is that they want to be, can we be in the Clone Wars or we'll just be here? And it's just like, just fuck all that shit off. The lore of Star Wars is so cool. And like the back, the fact that they went thousands of years back and so they could have different Sith and all that sort of stuff was just awesome as shit. Like where I just, I hate how they try and canonize non-canon things inside of the Star Wars timeline. And that, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great game. And obviously people are going to tear it apart, but it's, <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> That's all we could ask of you. All right, Tristan, hit us with your best shot. Yeah, uh, so I am bringing Tony Hawk Pro Skater Underground. Uh, I feel like a game that took a already, like, legendary series, uh, one that you could argue maybe pinnacled, and just took it to an entirely new level. Uh, This game was the first one to have, like, an actual story mode uh, with voice acting, like, done by the professional skaters themselves. It's a kind of, like, rag-to-riches tale with uh, a weird best friend who is super crazy and obviously you part ways and shit goes down um very very cool it, it, it just took all the mechanics that like the other tony hawk pro skater like games had had done and also added in being able to get off your board which was huge for exploration uh not only exploration but also for like continuing combos it was like a new mechanic other than you know manualing and reverting where you could continue a streak climb onto new areas, dive off those areas. Um, It had, like, just super crazy locations, like, you know, from around the United States to, like, Russia. Just, like, one of the coolest (laughs) levels ever. Like, um, yeah, like, it also also added in a ton of customization, too. Like, you could customize your skater from the beginning. You could customize tricks later on, which got super zany if you're like, hey, I want to do a triple backflip backflip 1080 or to like an indie to like a spacewalk like you could like do whatever you wanted it just like kind of like even though it was already arcadey it took it to an another level of arcade of like it's just completely ridiculous and and insanely fun uh and yeah i'm just gonna concede it there oh cool well we're right about time so now we're at the point where Sal and I get a rebuttal, and we get to just uh, shoot the shit about your, well, quote-unquote, shitty games. JK. They are <laughs> they are goaties for a reason for us. Sal, would you like to kick it off with some rebuttals? Yeah, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to uh, take Steven's uh, word that it's the game of the year when he didn't even know that he had competition this year. Um, but I'm glad you enjoyed this glitchy game, um, you know. <laughs> And yeah, this game had a plot twist, so I guess I have to love it, right? That's how it works. Um, am I supposed to come off mean? I don't know if I'm supposed yeah, to come off mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we bathed um, in the I, salt. And uh, it's funny, because earlier when we like, I, was, I brought up the list, uh, the fact that you brought up Thug as a game of the year just blew my mind, because that wouldn't even have registered on the list. It's it's a fun game. It's like the third, fourth. It's actually probably the fourth Tony Hawk game, and of course they had to add something because they were stuck in that loop. That was a fifth one. Oh my god! Yeah. See, I've already forgot it. I think that's enough of a rebuttal for me. Um, <laughs> although you know, I am enjoying one and two, the remake, but it's like giving me like this like 
nostalgia feeling, this FOMO, and I kind of want to go back to being a kid. So just because <laughs> you're reminding me of my childhood, I don't want to even entertain the thought that Tony Hawk's Underground would be Game of the Year for 2003. Unless you can take me back there. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Um, I wasn't totally... Back to some Jinko Janes. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to actually pull out uh, Tony Hawk. I was actually low-key hoping you were going to go for SSX because I can actually rip on that game. <laughs> but uh <laughs> oh yeah buddy i was so it's ready tricky. for that oh yeah it would have been, been tricky <laughs> um but for tony hawk underground like like i said it's the fifth one in the installment so like i honestly remake did it better once like i played it um heavily growing up i i can't believe that's your your uh no <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, now you're, you're all just being mean. There's no, there's no argument here. Yeah. Um, as for Knights of the Old Republic, I, honestly, though, if I, I play a Star Wars game, I want to play it for the hack and slash, not necessarily to shoot a gun like 90% of the game. So for me, Oh, Dice no, roll man. on a miss. Yeah. yeah. Wrong there. You don't like gambling on a miss? No, not, I'm not a stormtrooper, man. I have better aim. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that we're good there. All right. Well, you guys bring your shit because now, now I'm super salty. It's like, yeah, we're... Oh, awesome. <laughs> it feels weird being me and I don't want to. I'm like, I like these games. Right? <laughs> All right. So we'll let you go ahead and start for us. All right. Your two minutes starts now. Yeah, I went with uh, Max Payne 2, Fall of Max Payne, uh, because that was the... Uh, um, not Knights of the Old Republic, which is also on my list. <laughs> and I, I shouldn't say that. Um, but I actually played a lot more of it. And I think the game, uh, the more I think about it, was really impactful to modern games even now. Um, it's got a basically like a film type, you know, story that you didn't really get a lot in games. It was very real, like crime drama with betrayal upon betrayal, mob shit. But it also included the slowdown mechanics that they perfected or they were working to perfect from Max Payne 1, which basically everyone copied. Uh, they saw the Matrix and were like, we got to get that in our thing. Uh, Max Payne, I think, pulled it off fantastically because they also introduced the Havoc physics at the time. And that basically set a trend that you see in every other game now, where when things explode, things go flying and it feels good for your brain for some reason. Seeing a ragdoll go flying and get tumbled, it just adds to the realism. Um, they did a cool blend of the uh, the comic book style because they had to save money and they couldn't actually get these actors to mocap and you know do certain things. But it's cool to see now that like I'm sure if they were to make a Max Payne now, actually Max Payne three was mocap, right? So yeah, they're they're working yeah. on yeah. Anyway, um, I think it's like historically sound. You may play it now and be like, this is kind of like simple. It's kind of easy. You know, all it is is you got guys coming at you and you're just mowing them down. But compared to what games were, especially shooters were before then, um, I think it uh, it's it's a pretty big deal. Um, I don't remember too much of the story, but I remember just feeling super betrayed at the end. Uh, I looked up the plot point, and uh, I really think you guys should go through and play it if you haven't already for the listeners. Um, and I already know the people that are going to argue against me haven't played it, because otherwise they'd agree that this is the best game to come out this year. Oh, okay, okay. Five seconds? How many seconds? Five. Two. I don't need them. Okay. Bye. <laughs> I yield. <laughs> All right, guys. 
let, let me pic picture this for you. It's the first installment in the series where you actually have colored graphics, where you're not just selecting one of four from the main menu. You have over a hundred different new Pokemon to collect and explore. And you know what? Who doesn't love a shit ton of water? Like, <laughs> if you want some water, boy howdy, do I have this game for you. Despite it releasing in Japan in 2002, it released worldwide in 03, and that's why my game of the year this year is going to be Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Because, again, I just really like water. And if the critics are going to lowball it for that reason, I don't think that they played Wind Waker. So, there you go, guys. Pokemon Ruby they don't like water? Someone said they don't like water? Ooh. Y'all hate on water? Is that it? Show it in space? Check your insides. Check your insides, fools. Yeah, right? I don't know about you, but this is definitely the game for the thirsty gamers. And I'm going to see the rest of my time. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks for just giving us a wide open water. target there. And, and, and not giving us any of the amazing things that... that, that uh, Pokemon. Ruby and Sapphire brings you, to the table. You don't need anything that, for it. It's Ruby and Sapphire. It has so much water. To be fair, I didn't know we were debating till um, <laughs> about an hour ago, even though I know the podcast's name. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's going to be a different. It's going to be different. Oh, it's great different. games? Cool. It's different. Cool. Yeah, right. it's great games. That's um, how I read. I just skim. <laughs> oh, great games. Cool. Oh, Good. wow. It's right. something about after dark, but it's morning. I don't know. All right. I, I had I had in first, Tristan. Do you want uh, in on the rebuttal first? Oh, I super do. Yeah. All right. All right uh, let's go. go. Okay. Uh, Max Payne Two. Like you said, uh, it's basically trying to be a film. It's trying to be the Matrix. It's trying to bridge games into like, yo, we can write like cool shit though. Uh, it's also, for some reason, uh, the face of the studio, Sam Lake, why is he the character? Like, they couldn't create and, like, capture, like, a, uh, like you know, their own character and have to be an absolute narcissistic asshole. Uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, also, yeah, you mentioned uh, that, you know, bullet time and mentioned The Matrix, uh, which Enter the Matrix came out that exact same year, featured a cooler story that expanded the lore much greater than what Max did. Uh, and also had like way cooler bullet time functions in it throughout the entire game. Uh, so yeah, like Slade, let's move on. Uh, Pokemon, uh, yeah, so it's Pokemon. It's the same. It's the same game. They didn't change anything uh, except for, like you said, they expanded the water more, which uh, you bring up as a positive. I'm like, the only times in Pokemon games that I hate are surfing across water not knowing where to go, just, you know, oh, it's another Poliwag? Cool. Let's do that again. <laughs> There's no cool Pokemon to, you know, capture and, and you know, got him, catch them all. No, fuck those ones. Um, and yeah, it's the same game. Didn't change anything. It's the same Elite Four. It's the same shit. Steven, take it away. All right, all right. Well, um, not to dogpile. I'll, I'll finish up with uh, Max, Max Payne, but yeah, I'll dogpile on... Uh... On, on Ruby and Sapphire for a second. Again, yes, the, the meme uh, IGN, too much water, uh, is true about this game. Especially, it, it hurts the most because the Pokemon company does the least interesting things with their water Pokemon. It goes fish, 
Oh, and a fish. Oh, and an eel. And that's it. They don't go like, like first gen, like you have like Golduck and shit like that. It looks so fucking cool. And you actually want to have that Pokemon. But then they're like, well, what if we like make a bass appear on yeah. five squares in a river and it changes randomly every day. So we've got a 0.01% chance of finding this fucking fish that sucks anyway and turns into an okay, like, Gyarados sort of ripoff. It's so I think like, you played it well. Fucking <laughs> insane. And if you play it today, every single battery is dead, so you have to set the time to 12 o'clock just so that you can get both sides of, of the day for the Pokemon. <laughs> um... And yeah, so dive, it just doesn't add anything to the game. They just added an extra HM when HMs were already, we were over them by that stage and Pokemon companies very slow to react and they just kept digging away at it. The biggest grievance is the fact that they had to take away, got to catch them all because they couldn't link the Game Boy games to the Game Boy Advance games. They didn't have, they couldn't work out the technology to be able to bring those games over. So you no longer could catch them all. You couldn't have a, a full live Dex in that right, game, which was... 30 seconds to yeah, rebuttal against Max 30 Payne. 30 seconds against Max Payne. It obviously took heavy inspiration from Sin City, but because it didn't go with, like, a cel-shaded look, it couldn't capture that vibe of Sin City because it's got the rain falling and stuff, but it just... It isn't ageless because it didn't go as stylistic as it should have gone. So in that way, it really missed that mark. The... um. The bullet time is really uh, weird because instead of it just being when uh, Max dives and it's like his hyper focus, he can just make the world freeze and he can move normally. And like, it, it, which is just a, such a weird. Uh, it's making him think fast. He's thinking fast. <laughs> exponential like growth in his character, which it, which is just strange. Um, was it not like that in the last one? No, it was only when like he only when diving. And, you sure? And, yeah, and 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 it was recharged a lot quicker, so it didn't mm. feel like you earned the bullet time in in number two. And, and we hit time. Idea, yeah, mm. same. Yeah, should have triggered bullet time. Bought yourself some more Ooh. argument. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Right. Uh, it was actually funny. Uh, part of the reason I didn't want to rebuttal against uh, Max Payne is like the main thing, like. I just laugh because even like growing up into this day, because I had to watch a review on it because it's been forever and a half since I've even seen this game, let alone hey, heard hey, about it. We're still inside the debate. No extra additional positive oh, no. note. No positives here. Oh, we're supposed to hate each other? No, yellow card. Until, yellow card. Until we, finish, until we finish the debate. We've got our closing statements now. Like, so oh, now that yeah. We're... That's actually part of a debate, huh? We can't just sit there and banter, huh? We've got to reiterate our points of why uh, Knights of the Old Republic is uh, the best game in the series. As I said, I won't even need the minute timer, whatever, but I'll, I'll put it on anyway. Uh, but as I said, it has the best original story of like any of the video games that have been released for um, for Star Wars. It has really cool characters, and they had they had voice acting that was very decent for its time like lena hetty like hell yeah um I, I feel like obviously if i say anything more about it i'll be detracting from the game's brilliance it just yeah characters story choices yeah have fun good game 
and also I want to jump in on Thug because it, it it's not it's not shit and it's really really cool evolution and yeah like having like you're doing skate videos and like yeah going to Russia and like grinding on the Kremlin and shit like that is like so hilarious and over the top but it was so 2000s it was so <laughs> of its time the music is still absolutely banger that was it uh yeah okay uh thug is the game of the year because uh it was exactly what it needed to be it was a skateboarding game with a story that was not serious in any way it was so absolutely ridiculous but hilarious the fact that like all of it was voice acted is is actually pretty incredible uh they you know reeled in a ton of amazing pro skaters um even the storyline like the way that it branches out like you become a pro by gapping from the top of a, like a skyscraper over a helicopter and you're like yep this is how i got pro that's fucking awesome like like there's no part of this game that isn't like elevated to the point of like ridiculousness like and also like you know go look up some seconds. professionals in youtube watch them pull off like the 10 million point tricks it's crazy super good game and okay. it came out when like Jack when Jackass was so huge too. Yes. Go. Uh, all right, all right. Sal, you ready? Yeah. All right, let's go. So uh, just because uh, Max Payne drew from certain inspirations doesn't mean it was trying to emulate them exactly. And I think they were they did what they were going for. I think if they were an indie studio, you, people would be lauding and applauding them for doing what they did with their given resources. Um, and clearly with three, when they had a bigger budget, they went more towards the a choice that they wanted to. But um, I think two, without a doubt, is still a solid game. I mean, I was playing it just only an hour or two uh, on the download. It's been 15 years or so, but it immediately like got me, you know, in the mood. I got really energized. I was tired and it woke me up. Um, and I think it's a lot of fun. Sorry that you don't like being able to voluntarily trigger slow motion. <laughs> uh, whenever you want you can voluntarily not but uh i think it's i think it still feels good it looks good I, it plays I, I, well and i remember havoc. the one one time i had um a hash cookie and that fucking triggered slow motion that was fucked i and that I, one you can't control yeah, yeah. <laughs> i had a similar instance where someone uh at a party was like you want a cocoa blunt and i stupidly thought it would be chocolate flavored weed oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> And it was the first time I, I was up, I was asleep, I was energized, kept on smoking, danced to dubstep for the first time in my life. It felt like I was at a Home Depot and they were testing drills. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? And now uh, I don't smoke anything, I don't roll. So, <laughs> learned my lesson. That's yeah. part of my rebuttal, right? No, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's just a life lesson. We're counting it. Pain, right? We're yeah. doing a side. It makes us understand what Max Payne was going through, you know? Yeah, or what goes through the mind of someone that appreciates Max Payne. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Alrighty. So, for Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, despite the lots of water, which I honestly, I really dug. Like, it, I think it was oh, just fine. It. I didn't think that there was too much water, personally. But... I really did love what they brought to the table. I love the fact that it, they really showed that they could step up their game with the graphics and that they weren't just trying to stay mundane and back in like the old school ways. I really loved how they integrated like in double battles the way they did. Cause I don't think that was a part of gen two, right? No, 
But I really oh. love that. I love the story. I love the uh, ending where you were actually going through with the shiny or the shinies with the uh, legendary Pokemon for that. And honestly, it just it felt like a really solid Pokemon game. Like they tested a lot of boundaries for it, and it just received a lot more shit than uh, I feel like it should have, especially for what they were trying to do and trying to branch out to do. And that's my finisher. Beautiful. Well, now that we can drop the facade, we can actually say nice things about the things that we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, I know. Like, I straight uh, up, like, <laughs> I'm so upset yeah, you didn't do SSX because I can't talk shit about Thug. Like, that was such a solid game. Like, I love that game. <laughs> There's nothing yeah, wrong with it at all. Like, Wait, nothing. okay. So now I need to know because, honestly, uh, uh, like, to be real, I love both games, but SSX3 is like one of my favorite games of all time. 100 percent yeah i don't actually know that much so like i want to know what you can talk shit about writing maybe Uh, if i just wanted to play on what felt like he's got some big dialogue yeah if i wanted to play on what felt like the same map i would play ssx if i wanted to have if i wanted to you can go from the top of the mountain hold on if i wanted to do the same tricks for every fucking character i played i'd play ssx and you're bad <laughs> did, did you do you know monster tricks have you done the monster tricks probably not <laughs> and like the the biggest like the biggest amazing thing about three is the fact that it every single time you get super it doesn't fucking start singing tricky like yeah. I, like yeah. i like run dmc but it's like my, like why did they think that that was a good idea to yeah. just have the same sound clip every yeah. single time you got a super because you you have super a lot of the time yeah. if you're good like yeah I, I did enjoy that though about three i really did like how like it went from being just noisy in your fucking face 24 7 when you're just trying to do this race to being like you can actually do these races uh ssx3 mm. was actually really really good yeah i just have yeah. to it, i i will say like totally tangent but like the uh the ssx like i guess quote unquote remake oh was God, supposed that's... to be called i think descent um I, it was remake? dude i love that game but it was i I loved what they did with the music because like when you were in the air doing tricks it would like kind of like slow down the music fade out and the second you hit like it would you would hit but then it would do this like music like reverberation of the snow like everything would just like wave out and and, like the music would kick up and you'd like keep like going through i got rid of it i got rid of all of my xbox games except for ssx3 and I think like X Men Legends or something, but like yeah, SSX three had I had to keep it in my collection because it this is, is a solid game. I don't know why. Yeah, I didn't like because I downloaded uh, the SSX reboot on my um, Series S with Game Pass and shit, and just, I don't know for some reason I just feel like I don't I don't like it. Like I, I, I don't know That's if fair. it was less, less a lot arcade, of people didn't if so. it was less arcadey or not, but it just there was something about it that just didn't gel. Um, yeah, but. Uh, I, I like and hate the the single mountain of SSX three. Like it's cool, but that's the thing. It is sometimes like it'd be nice to have a different location. Like, or like you know, if you're gonna have I mean, it all much, the same much more treacherous thing. or something. Yeah, yeah. it's just if you're gonna have it all the same thing, you gotta at least make it different but the same. You know, you can't yeah. pull a Call of Duty it, with it. It was super cool that it's like oh, this will be like one race here. Here's one. Here's one. Like here's one, or we'll make one bigger. Like that was cool. Like that is like it's a cool idea. It's a con- conceptually, it's really cool. Um, one thing I was like, 
you could have gone for like five minutes on how bad the uh the D D mechanics are in uh Kotor, because I fucking Dude, I, hate, I, I hate having a lightsaber fight and you're not doing any damage, even though you can yeah. clearly see. Or like, yeah, we kind of covered that with the stormtrooper aiming. Yeah, like, you could have like, just you could have gone to town on me. Like that's like its biggest weakness is the actual D and D rolls. It, like it's the same with like earlier like Elder Scrolls and shit. Like I hate like yeah, looking at a crab win. and I'm like, fuck, I'm just trying to level up and I'm just hitting a crab and it's like sometimes I'll hit it. Right, I, I can clearly yeah. see I'm hitting it. Like. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that most games are just like, no, damage equals hits minus defense. Not, oh, you you have a 10 to thir- 15, like, you know, 10 to 20 damage, but you still need to roll, a, you know, a six or higher on your, on your D&D roll. It's like, no, don't do that. It's yeah. not. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say, I, I, yeah, yeah. Exactly to your point. I think it's not for video games because yeah. it's really impactful when you're playing D and D and you totally yeah. whiff. Because like you know, combat is like an entire turn of every character exactly is six right. seconds. But and like you know, six seconds go by in a video game yeah. immediately. Like, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah, as it goes. Exactly right. And you you want you need constant reaffirmations in video games because yeah, it's a one to one experience. Like, Whereas that's feeling. the thing, like half of the fun of D&D is that story that you're crafting because you fuck up, because you rolled a one yeah. and now you've broken your legs, you know, because you tripped down the stairs or whatever it is. And that's hilarious. <laughs> That'd be but funny if Kotor it... rewound it if your <laughs> animation went back and missed because of the whiff after the roll. Like, yeah. oh, there you go. That would make sense. Yeah, that, that would be, yeah, and, that, and that's <laughs> the way they do it in like, you know, the Pillars of Eternity games and, and, and um, stuff like that. Because it's like turn-based, it makes more sense when it's turn-based. Yeah. When it's real-time, you can't do that sort of D&D thing. Yeah. I don't know if they fixed it in Mass Effect 1 or if that was still rolling um, for damage. I, I, I don't know if you could... I, I don't know if you could miss in in Mass Effect 1, but I know that they I, really... I don't think so. I don't... Uh, yeah, but I know that they tightened up the shooting by Mass Effect 2. But, like, mm-hmm. obviously, like, yeah, the, the biggest things about that game is, like, how it really helped Western RPGs be more like engaging in stories and characters and stuff. Whereas like beforehand, most Western RPGs didn't give a shit about stories. It was just like, you know, go around, hack and slash people. It's like, it's a hero's quest. Every single video game is the exact fucking same. It's just whatever coat of paint you've got on it. Like they did change stories for West, the West, like at least. Man, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I was ready to rip into KOTOR. It's good. Um, it's it's rough, but it's but that's the thing. Like I, as I said, like I I am honest when I say I just don't care about any fucking storyline that you put between four and five, or um yeah. you know or like you know or three and four. It's just it's like forced. C- c- it's forced. No and pun got a, Rogue, and, Rogue and One was sick. Okay, <laughs> they've got a yeah. Rogue One is cool, and like that is the best fanfic like ever. Like, yeah. Um, but you have to bookend every single video game thing that you do the worst thing mass like a spoiler for jedi fallen order um spoiler warning i'll hold up my arms is that you get you see freaking darth vader at the end of it which means that that means that the character has to die like by the end of whatever trilogy or duology that they make of that game because it has to wrap up and you you can't have any loose ends like that anyway 
And that's the reason why <laughs> why that <laughs> story for me didn't click just because the ending falls apart. Um, but yeah. Oh, I uh, want to bring up Max Payne really quickly because you stopped me earlier. Uh, <laughs> it was sorry. actually really... No, it's it's fine. Like I forgot that, you know, you have to conclude your, your debates. Shit happens. <laughs> um, but anywho, so I totally forgot like what this game was about because it's been a while since I've I've heard the game and I've seen any gameplay and or played it myself. And so I was sitting there on YouTube the other night and I just was watching some like reviews and some gameplays. Uh just that way, you know, I could freshly talk about it. And the only thing going through my damn head was, Wow, what a great comic zone remake. Cause they have like the little because <laughs> they have the parts where it's like the storytelling like it was with Comic Zone yeah. and then that little cheesy shitty ass like comic looking 3DS shit they had going on. I was just like mm. that would have been my biggest that, rip. Like um one thing, Sal, I, I don't know if you didn't realize, um development went from Remedy to uh Rockstar. Rockstar, I guess, bought the IP of um of uh Oh, I didn't know that. Payne. Yeah, that's for, for why, three. That's why Max Payne three is so different the from the other insane. from the other Got game. It. Because like it would be interesting to see what Remedy would do now because of the fact that they've done Alan Wake and Control, and they've yeah. got that sort of they've got this cyberpunk um, sort of aesthetic uh, mixed with like yeah, again they're very graphic novel. They're super is super graphic novel. Um, yeah. But it'd be cool. If they went really harder, because like when I watch footage of Max Payne Two, I'm like I I just instantly like ah oh, Sin City, but I'm like yeah. if this was like all matte buildings and like heavy blacks and heavy reds and stuff like that, it could it could be so oh yeah cool. a remaster like, modern yeah. lighting engine oh that'd be yeah. so good or like if an indie property took that idea of like doing a Sin City Max Payne like properly ma like mashup like with cell shading and stuff, it could be really dope. Um, I can I see that. See, yeah. yeah. Oh. I think Remedy would have done better than Rockstar <laughs> with yeah. three. And um, one, uh, oh, a few, a few awesome things about uh, <laughs> Ruby and Sapphire. Uh, I love Tropius. A again, I love when Pokemon look right for their environments. And so Tr Tropius is like an, a, an, a massive uh, Brachiosaurus looking Diplodocus thing with, with, um, with, with palm the, leaves com with coming off of it. Yeah, with like and yeah, and you only find it in really, really super tall grass. And because of there's so much water, you think in beachy, it just fits. And that's what I love when they really match the zones to the Pokemon. That um, Pokemon alone actually carried me through the game. It was one of yeah. my top six for the longest time. Nice. And that's the thing. It's like that's why I I really get disappointed in their water. Pokemon is when they're just like, uh, oh, this fish. But it's like, it's not even the coolest fish. When I fucking play Animal Crossing, there's cooler fish in Animal Crossing and they're choosing the most boring I mean, fucking fish. I mean, you can say the same thing about any of the bird types. Yeah, bird types are bad. Yeah. And yeah. Sure, yeah. A lot of the cave and, Pokemon. And they have this weird, like, trap that they get into where they're like okay we have to start with normal types because we need to ease people into the game and it's like show them that like oh and then when we finally give them a typing and it's like oh that dude was super effective then they'll like start to learn the mechanics it's like but you're just making boring ass pokemon like when it has to be a a, a flying normal bird like finally by like Sun and Moon, you that giant whale and i'm like is that really a pokemon <laughs> whale lord <laughs> whale lord baby <laughs> giant ass whale with yeah. the biggest pokemon <laughs> yeah but like 
at least that's stupid like and that's kind of fun like when it's like so it's so big that it's kind of like dumb and fun that's like beauty of pokemon is to be that like the worst thing is like probably digimon it's almost the whole saints uh -huh. row versus gta it's like Saints Row went so much harder into the comedy, and GTA were like, "Oh, let's pull back. We're we're the we're the smart intellectual. Like we're we're telling we're we're commentary on like society and stuff." Um, whereas, and Digimon was that to Pokemon, where it's like, it's like a gun coming off of a freaking you know bazooka Pokemon, yeah. and like they looked at Blastoise and were like, "Let's go nuts." Yeah, that, that's exactly <laughs> right. And so then Pokemon were like, oh, well, let's make everything have to be a real animal or something that is real life. And then you just slightly change it. And I feel like they just went super safe in, especially, yeah, as I said, water Pokemon. Yeah. Do my head in. There's some really, really good ones, but there's way too many of them. Like, yeah, well, Digimon has the upper hand, though, is because it kind of took a little bit more of a real world approach to it. And mm. they made it digital. So, like, literally anything yeah, fucking anything goes in the possible, digital yeah. world. And yeah. they have developed the story into any fucking thing that they want at this point. Like, I've lost track yeah. as to how many times that they have changed up Digimon at this point. So, like, yeah. it's just two completely different universes. Yeah. I, I'm not, like, 18 like, Digimon cannons. I'm definitely not shitting on Pokemon when, like, they have ideas for, like, lore of the Pokemon. Like, the fact that in, um... There's either Sun and Moon... Uh, no, it was the it was the newest one. It was um Sword and Shield. They had Corsola be a ghost type because of the fucking fact that the barrier reefs and like you know the reefs are dying. Yeah. And it's like freaking brutal, but it's like oh my god, that's really insanely cool. Or like um you could there was a couple of Pokemon in, in Sun and Moon where it was like you could they they would call out um for help uh and that would be the way to get the predator pokemon to come and they would only show up because they're coming to eat the pokemon that you're fighting which is like, <laughs> so sick. cool well if um, i remember correctly didn't they actually specifically say that they are aware of those things when they are developing the game so they actually wanted to start to really incorporate those real world yeah. aspects because they now have the technology and they are now finally able to do those kind of things so they are able to bring us like the whole concept of you're not going to get the same pokemon in two different regions and that's why they wanted yeah. to really explore out out into that because i remember when they uh did that because i think that was sun and moon when they uh updated corsola i remember mm. the uh community was just in a huge uproar for some ungodly fucking reason about how it's like they're ruining pokemon blah 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 and i just remember <laughs> there being a thing like hey no they're just very aware of like real world issues and real real things going on and this is kind of their way of implementing it into like something more pocket size that like an, a younger mm. audience can also understand and 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 I, I like it because it's like um, it's the Studio Ghibli approach to environmental awareness. It's like it's like it's in their films, and you can sort of see it, but they're not like force feeding it down your throat. Um, it's subtle yeah. but tasteful. Yeah, definitely. Well, well if with that, should we go on to hearing about Sal's uh, history with music? I'd love to hear what, uh, yeah. what it's like for you, buddy. Okay. Um, well, I didn't really get into, uh, playing music till right after high school. But, like, but when, was, listen... when was your first Wiggles concert? Like, we want to start from the start. Like, yeah. <laughs> <the> first... <laughs> you Actually, you know what? 2003 might have been the first time I got to see, uh, a band in concert. My mom got, oh, really? she worked for the city of Chula Vista, and, um, uh, she got VIP tickets to go see the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it was oh, with wow. the Flaming Lips. 
and wow, um, I'm so jealous. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, who's the guy? Mike. I, I always Mike Ness. Mike Hess. Mike. No. Mike Watt. Boom. Okay. <laughs> Mike Watt from the Minutemen. I always forget his name, but it was fucking sick. It was just a sick show. It's just like an old guy on an organ, and then like a bait, and then him on bass. And then, like, everyone's like, oh, bring the band, bring the band, like, being assholes. It was my first time experiencing that as, like, an audience member. And it's like, don't you think the Chili Peppers brought them? Like, like, yeah. like they're going to go on stage anyway. They brought these guys. And then Flea yeah. walks out in a skeleton suit, like, his skin, like, pajamas. And he just hops on the trumpet and just jams along for, like, oh, a couple yeah. songs, pumping up the audience, giving respect to the band, you know? Because they were basically punk legends that were not getting respect, at the, like, from this particular audience. And then the Flaming Lips come out and treat the show like it's a Coachella. And there's people in, like, stuffed animal costumes. There's, like, 30, 40 people in these stuffed animal costumes, probably melting or tripping balls, on stage, dancing, singing along. I'm like, what the hell? And then, of course, I see the Chili Peppers, which I was already a fan of, but I didn't know that their live show was what you want to see. Like, the live show is yeah. they bridge between songs. They're jamming. They just they introduce, yeah. like, one or two um, covers of theirs that they love, that they grew up with. It was just such an amazing show. And then the audience members we were sitting next to happened to be girls of our same age that my friend knew. And then they flashed us at the end of the concert. It was just a great, great, beautiful that's perfect. experience. And I was like, I want to play music for the rest of my life. Doing the Lord's work. That's, that's... <laughs> that's how I knew. Dude, <laughs> Flaming Lips is like, like, no matter what, where you see them, like they always have some sort of really cool gimmick that's going on. Yes, they give they give a hundred and ten percent. I want them to be a band yeah. in forty years and to see Wayne Coyne in a wheelchair and a stretcher just doing his darndest to keep the audience because I think just, he like, would jet packing over the audience. Like. Yeah, yeah, he would. Oh, dude, yeah. Flaming Lips, I actually have a memory leaving the comedy store in La Jolla. Uh, I was uh, I was after my set. I was on mushrooms and uh, I realized the mushrooms were about to kick in, and I was like, oh, I should get going. I have a forty minute drive back down to Chula Vista. Down, uh, so it's a ways, and. Uh, Flaming Lips comes on randomly on Pandora, and I forgot which song. Uh, it was like Yoshimi or one of the ones with like lots of farty synth. <laughs> and right as the music kicked on, my entire vehicle gets filled with red and blue lights, just red and blue lights, and a cop immediately. Woo! And I'm like, okay, I comb my hair, I turn down my music, I flip the signal, I get over one lane to the right, and he pulls over the guy in front of me. <laughs> I love the flaming lips. Always had great moments to them. <laughs> um, there's a uh, oh man, there's so many things we wanted to go off on there. But uh, what, one thing so, I, that I'd really like to shout out to to Red Hot Chili Peppers because I've got a weird like history with it because of like old ex mates. So I have this weird like feeling in my stomach whenever I talk about Red Hot Chili Peppers. But one thing is that their live shows are they are entertainers, which is a just a a very important thing for live shows, especially when you're watching live DVDs or whatever. But like, they remind me weirdly. Uh, they're in the same realm as uh, uh, Robbie Williams of all people, simply because they speed up slow songs live. So it's like we don't want to drop the tempo. We don't want like yes, we can play some of the slower songs, but we'll mix yeah. it up. We'll, we'll 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 mix up under the bridge a bit. Um, and usually, like it's a, it's a either a, it's a few beats faster, um, or like yeah, you just like you just really up the ante on the songs. It doesn't, you know. So even if yeah, it's, it's like, like they're oh, keeping the energy, and I've, yeah. I've I've been in concerts like I saw Modest Mouse once with an ex, 
and they sped up the songs that were all the hits. They double timed every hit. Really? And it's like, they don't want anyone. They don't like these songs. You could tell they yeah, want to get the they... fucking concert over with. Yeah. And it was like a different vibe. I, I, yeah. I could notice it then. Like Isaac was probably back to drinking or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes they do the double time and it's like, yeah, they already have the pace. The energy of the crowd is a certain like keyed to a certain speed. Like, yeah. you know, they're going to do certain things that won't kill the vibe. And then other times you're just like, oh, wow, we paid $40 for a guy, like, to not, he doesn't like, want to do it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, that's the worst thing. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, you know, they're entertainers, and they, like, uh, obviously, Anthony Kiedis and, and Flea knows how to work a crowd, like, really, really well. Like, um... Yeah, I don't where, even listen whereas, to the like, lyrics. <laughs> whereas, like, that's, that's the hardest thing with me. Like, I, I also enjoy, like, you know, every now and again, some beachy acoustic, you know, tunes or whatever, but... Whenever I've heard of them live, it's like, oh, they play the songs and then they walk off. And it's like, why did you pay to see that? Like, if someone just goes up there and just plays the songs and walk, it's like, the interaction is so important. Oh, like, like for the wanna... Chili Peppers? No, no, no. For like, oh, I'm saying oh, yeah. like, for like, especially like acoustic indie music and stuff. They, yeah. Like, they just. That's what happens it... when introverts go out and tour. Yeah, I guess. You, yeah. know, what, you know what I mean? They're just like, they're yeah. like, oh, thank you so much. And then it's well, like, yeah, oh, son of a bitch. That's why it's like important just to have any frontman because sometimes the singer isn't the frontman, like a Fallout Boy, like Pete Wentz is the frontman, yeah, even he's not the singer. But like at least they know there's someone that can keep keep the crowd going, like because again, like the, the singer's like this introverted whatever. Yeah, that's a great um, example. But you know, yeah. I mean, they, like also, I mean, like a River Phoenix or a Weezer, it's like super introvert. But man, you see them River's live, it's like. River Phoenix is a uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh fuck, dead brother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Never mind. I, I, I every time, I, every time I mix them up. Uh, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> like uh, that, that. That's a show where R it's R like River you know... Cuomo was really good in uh, the Last Crusade. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Man, I always wanted to see Red Hot Chili Peppers like in the nineties. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I would have been too young to appreciate any of it, but like, you know, I'm when they come out with like Shanti. Yeah, yeah, exactly. John Frusciante era, where it's like they come out, they just got a sock on their dick, and like yeah. that's it. Like they're just like slapping Dude, bass, like I think going they did crazy. That twice. Like, it, I think it, they did the sock yeah. thing like twice in history, but that's just like their legacy. Like my yeah. my mom's boyfriend was like, "You like that band that put socks on their cocks, huh?" You like the? You, I was like, "What the fuck? I didn't know about this. I'm finding out from you, hey, Sam." Man, at least they're <laughs> using protection, unlike most people. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm yeah, still very around. True, very true. Um, there's one thing to say about that, and it's like if you need, like, I, if someone's having trouble, like, and they're thinking about getting into hardcore drugs, just show them like John Frusciante's life to like realize how oh, fucked yeah. heroin is, like. If you need like any support. oh man, what's that like mini documentary like? Uh, it was like of like Jean Frusciante's house, like yeah. it's like a and it looks like it looks like it. a murder house. Dude, oh, it's like a, record it's like a, yeah, it's a trap house, like for oh. sure. Like, have you heard of, of, have you heard of his writing style? Like, he says that the music he writes isn't like just music; it's the voices of angels and aliens he hears, and he's yeah. performing it. And when you watch him perform live, he's like mouthing out his riffs. He'll mouth out like the wow wow. Like you see him, yeah. like it's he goes into a different trance like state. That guy, I, I mean, yeah, like being on heroin and performing, like that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do enough heroin, kids. You do enough heroin, you'll be as good as John Fushante. You can talk to <laughs> angels. Charming enough I mean, to bring you around. Hold up, hold up. Please don't. <laughs>
Ugh. Oh, but, well, um, do you got any uh, music recommendations for us all? Um, actually, I brought up because I was trying to th- stay within the, the 2003, and <laughs> I brought up like a bunch of records that came out. And honestly, just without going through the individual songs, like there's a lot of music that influenced the shit I still listen to that I still pop on. Like for one, Speaker Box, Love Below, Outcast. I don't know nice. where that reached in your in your like um, you know. The, we never like, the one annoying thing in Australia is that we never heard cuts from Speaker Box. Like all the singles were off the Love Below. Weird licensing. Yeah. That's weird. No, like as yeah. it, just obviously because like the more poppy um, uh, Andre three thousand stuff was just the um, the stuff that was going to sell over here. Like so, yeah. yeah obviously, yeah, um, hey, uh, roses. Uh, I can't remember any other cuts of that album, but yeah, it was weird that like this this dual album, and and like possibly I don't know why because it like because of Big Boy's stuff was just like you know rapidly rap or whatever. It just didn't. I mean, the, there's I guess an undeniable kind of catchiness to the Andre production stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think just like. Plain and simple, you put, you know, four out of five dentists, they'll all agree that Andre stuff is just, it just kind of comes <laughs> off a little catchier, but it's not, yeah, yeah, I can see, I can understand why, you know, however many markets away, they're like, let's just focus on this dude. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay, so like, uh, the other music that are out, are you leaving? Are you about to go? I've got to go charge my uh, laptop, otherwise it's going to die. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I'll keep talking. Um, uh, I didn't really uh, listen to the album until I saw them live at like a Independence Jam uh, in San Diego. We're lucky we we get a lot of good bands coming through, and uh, Muse was uh, mind blowing oh, to yeah. me live. Like that, seeing that bass player because I'm a finger style bass player actually play the shit that is in the recordings as it Dude, is recorded. The way, thank you. Dude. <laughs> It's it's I, it's honestly the only way I'm embarrassed to say I can't play picks. Uh, the picks are too, difficult. Picks are difficult. I can it's, I can only finger pluck. I I prefer the sound, and if you want to make it sound like your uh, like a pick on bass, you just play right to the end of the bridge where the right at the edge, and it, the snapback gives mm-hmm. it that pop, and you can still have that fluidity with your fingers. I just feel I don't know. And then uh, listening to Absolution, just kind of like like when I was younger before getting into it because I didn't pick it up for two years. I was like, oh, this bass can sound sick. You know, bass doesn't have to be the little brother uh, instrument where we have a guy that doesn't really know how to play, but he can at least play the bass notes. You know, that's what I like always thought of it. And it slowly like planted a seed in my brain. And then uh, honestly, like another song, like, I'm looking at this. I didn't listen to the album, but fucking White Stripes, the Seven Nation Army or whatever. I don't know. I think that was like 2003. But when that thing freaking came out and it wasn't bass, I felt like someone like lied to me. You know, you know what I mean? I was like, that's not a bass. It's like, no, you just dropped it down. It's yeah. like, what? The bass can just be fucking fake? Um, <laughs> on that, but the opposite. Um, have you listened to Royal Blood? No. But that is drums, bass. And it's not oh. drum and bass. It's not drum and bass. He plays it like a guitar. Like he plays it super I distorted. And do like, you believe then, I have? But then they still do that, like you know, the sort of the metal style of wall of sound, like they layer lay his um his his bass tracks. It's like like the first album to me is a nearly perfect rock album. It's freaking absolutely awesome. I ha- I, I sort of fell off of them after that because they went a bit lighter. But yeah, that first album is absolutely slapping. I actually do uh, think I have checked them out because I think they were recommended after uh, listening to some Death From Above. 
That's from above 1979. Oh, you, you got me. I was literally just about to say, yeah, from uh, oh. from my home, my home province. Uh, yeah, oh, really? Above, yeah. Dude, that bassist ba- is bass and drums. A giant. And you hear it, and like just the sound wall. You're like, there's no way this is mm. two instruments. Yeah, like, yeah. He does it so well. He does it so well. He he yeah. uh, talks about incredible live performance. He puts his thumb over the back of the neck because his hand's so big, so he can actually yeah. like mute and do extra stuff that like little people like me can't. Even dream yeah, of pulling off players. great live performance i think i found out about them a little after like around 2005 but they were definitely like as soon as i heard about them they were my shit i love them that, that's an interesting time because like they were like big then and then they just like disappeared for a while and then yeah. just like came back <laughs> and like yeah, got came back more recently. popular than ever I yeah they, wanna, they should definitely want to jump back in on muse that is like a band where I don't particularly like any songs, but I'd love to see them live because of yeah. the production of their songs and like everyone yeah. talks about their live show. And it just feels like, and like the, again, like I, I really like, I do like elevated music and that's the thing. Like their whole thing is very stagey, like, and it just feels like epic. And it's so theatrical in his singing you know? too. So yeah, like it's just like, man, that would really be a good live show. I'd probably like have to look up a live DVD or something like Yeah. yeah. We, we, I saw him for the um, Independence Jam in San Diego, which was like the first or second time here. And they literally, his keyboard was the only real thing that lit up aside from the natural stage lighting. And it was like, yeah. you know, years before they got to where they're at now. You know, they yeah, were sharing right. the stage. Them, Franz Ferdinand, uh, Yeah Yeah Yeah's, uh, Postal Service. No, what was the other one? Death Cab. It was on the same night. Oh, it was yeah. crazy. It was a $5 ticket that came with a burrito. Like, I, I don't know how the hell. <laughs> yeah, we, Dude, we got the like, burrito. Sure that was the for that now. <laughs> Yeah, you would. Yeah, Secret Machines was also on it. It was a great show. I'm glad I have the memories. Yeah, yeah, good good stuff. Yeah, all that, like, having, like, almost a sound wall in San Diego definitely influenced. I think everyone picks up an instrument living here. You go through a phase of, like, you know, you give up or maybe you get a chance to play some shows. But I think everyone in San Diego has at least, like, the recorder. Like, a couple, like, things on the (laughs) recorder that they can bust out. We're very fortunate. Play some, like, uh, what's it called? Darude Sandstorm on recorder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like yeah, the, the uh, duration of the song. What we- <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, you got me. Let me. I pull out a fancy leather recorder. <laughs> Brownie points if you don't pass out from not being able to breathe. Well, I can um, do the dual. I can do the 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 circular breathing. <laughs> there you go. Nice. One other salty thing I have of um, Muse is just like one of my favorite songs of theirs is um, Supremacy that they got uh, like asked to do like a licensed track for um, Skyfall. But then for whatever reason, like, um, and, and it's still a, a really ripper track. Um, oh, what's her name? Adele picked it up for the, for the actual like intro. But I was like, I was so gutted because I'm like, man, but this like, um you're saying adele performed yeah. the track they would have performed no 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 she ended up getting the intro of the movie whereas i think they With were getting hired to do it like because they even have the cashmere did it it did it so it's like it's like so like yeah the chromatic mainly, stuff yeah um you know uh james bond but yeah it's like it's a really good song well i gotta check that out Thanks for adding to the list. Well, so I don't want to talk too much about like the music thing because obviously everyone else has to, but were you guys ever influenced by the music your friends listened to that you didn't necessarily listen to? 
like everyone I knew listened to the Strokes. Like when I played, I, I could pick up and play like strokey kind of basslines if they wanted oh, to, but I never listened to them it's on purpose. Of, uh, blues. I don't think it was very hard to like learn the strokes. Yeah, yeah, no, you know? but you know what I mean. But like, there's it's just like part of like the peripheral every once in a while. You're just yeah. like, I'm getting a little bit of that, I, a little bit of that. The darkness. You remember the darkness? Oh, yeah, I believe in a thing called or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, that's their hit. <laughs> Yeah, that's their one song. Yeah, yeah. yeah name, name me another darkness track. Like, I no, feel like they've all been deleted like off maybe, the internet. Maybe ten <laughs> alt rock kids. There was one alt rock band uh, in high school, um, but otherwise, most of the bands and stuff were either um, like you know pop punky or or mm -hmm. metal. Um, oh yeah, yeah. My friends wanted to start a yellow card band. They had a friend <laughs> with a violin, and they invited me over, and I was like, nope. <laughs> I'm good. I hung out for the day, was polite, and <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean like circle back to Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh the first time I heard them, I think I was maybe eight or nine years old at my best friend's place. Uh and he had a older brother that was like ten years older than us. Like huge gap. And just like blasting from the basement was Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I was like what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I like went wow. home and got my dad. I was like, you have to like download this for me. Like, I want to listen to it. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, we came from the Napster era. Like, I didn't know full yeah. albums for yeah. the longest time. It was a song title that had the same fuck up that your friend's copy had. Yeah, three seconds hit into up, the hit up Lime game. Wire. Yeah, Bear Share, whatever, Kazaa. Yeah, yeah, all that <laughs> stuff. Um, the first the first single I ever bought was um was one step closer but like i think it was maybe the third album and it was the first like the third album that my mum got me but it was the first one that i actually liked but yeah so yeah californication was like the third album i got and like get on top was like my favorite because it was the most high energy like, that was the album that i was introduced off, to off by. of that album and one of the coolest things was like at the end of the news there would be like an export uh segment and they would use get on top and it's like yeah Nice. Get on top. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that was like like still them having like a bit of their funk influence before like completely died out from their music. Like, yeah, I remember being kind of disappointed. Like, I like Stadium Arcadian because I was already a fan. So it's kind of like when someone you like does a thing you don't love. Yeah, you're like, oh no, it's cool. Every song had the same structure. Every song has the same exact structure. It's like, I, I loved me. both of those albums, except for Animal Bar. Animal Bar is a fucking shit song. It like, really it is garbage. Like, I hear some people's, like, favorite Chili Pepper songs are off that album, especially, like, Snow. Oh. A lot of people say, like, Snow is, like, their... Hey, that was great. No, that's like, the one they played I, a lot, but it's not I'm, the best. I, I'm really only the 90s. Like, I do like um their earlier stuff, their late 80s stuff, but, like, um obviously it's rough. But oh, dude, up, up off the Mofo party plan, let's go. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. but at least they were experimental. Like, and that's the thing, like, they lost the idea of like, like they should put a trumpet part in every album. Like, at least that one. shit was like, so sick. That yeah. shit was yeah. sick when they had um, random trumpet come in. I mean, they did bring it back in a couple, uh, Torture Me in the new album. Yeah. Uh, the Stadium Arcadium had some, bum, yeah. bum, 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 bum. and then Cabron. You, and by the way, I think that had horn or brass, or at least it felt like it did because that Spanish style. But yeah, that shit was so sick when they were like funky or actually working with George Clinton back mm. in the day. But yeah, like there's one song that has like a really long like um 
trumpet solo at the end, like from their like '80s stuff. It was just freaking awesome. Um, um you could be. Th- was it the one that's just musical? Because there's a pretty little ditty, and that's the one that got sampled by uh, those guys that rapped over it. Butterfly baby, who's my butterfly? Uh, you my butterfly. Oh, that's a chili yeah, pepper yeah. song it that was, they um, riffed over. Yeah, something in something minor or you know, yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. Shit. Yeah, uh, man. Chipper's Dex uh, Magic, though, my favorite. Like, it's just like the perfect in between of like they still got the funk. They're moving into like kind of more pop stuff. Like, such a wicked album. Yeah, and it's funny because some of their hits still worked. Like, and were still Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's just that the rest of the album makeup wasn't. Is like, you know, Danny Can- California was like a pop, but mm. Red Hot Chili Peppers song. But then it was like you'd listen to the rest of the album and. That same sound wasn't there. It was like they were. That it was like, oh, we're gonna make a radio hit, and then like, yeah, this then, is the required song. Yeah, which I like. I, I know maybe it, like, I, I understand like wanting to try different things like uh, musically and stuff. It's just that it just didn't hit me the same. I just wanted yeah. more energy. It was just like their their energy levels yeah. were going down. Well, Dude, well, the well, start. Well, Flea's still like going off, but he's like going off like super melodically, like you know. Um, no, the start of fucking Californication. I still remember my friend introducing it to me because we were playing Majora's Mask, which is mostly him watching me. He brought over Californication and just starts it with the around the world. Yeah. And just that open E, that boom. It's like, yeah. oh, oh is, fuck, it's just one note. And it's like so like heavy. And then it's like immediately gets you. Like that's just like hard to replicate with albums. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just hard. They they pulled it off, and they did it with Blood Sugar Sex Magic too, Everyone with like mind? a slow intro. Oh, dude! Even like them, them like held up in like this weird like mansion and recording like entirely oh, yeah. like like all alone and like man, like Flea was just on so many drugs, like just like creating like weird like contraptions to like Playing bang on the off piano. of like metal pipes. Yeah, yeah, like fuck, so cool. <laughs> well. Uh, Hey, Steven. Yo. What's your music recommendations for us this week? I don't know. We're like, just going on this tangent. And I like, that's the thing. I do really <laughs> like Chili Peppers, but as I said, it, it makes me feel weird inside because it's like, <laughs> yeah, I've got a history with it. But fuck, one, one, one song I think is actually absolute banger is actually Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Like, um, I love the drums in that song. And mm. I love that the, um, the pre-chorus is all built up by... Uh, Anthony Kiedis, like, um, goes from like, yeah, blood, sugar, super fish, and my dish, and then he, like he he lifts it himself, like, with these photos. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's just like it's really, really hot. absolute, absolute tight song. Um, and so yeah, you're making me forget anything that I've been thinking of or, or listening to. Lately. My power. Yeah. Oh well, while you figure it out, we can always go I'll right over to Tristan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Shit, now I'm like all on red hot chili peppers as well. <laughs> That's what I do uh, people. I, I haven't I'll, even I'll just like, the tattoo yet. Oh shit. Uh yeah, yeah. I'll quickly uh, throw out I, I, I still feel like it's super funny that growing up, uh my parents wouldn't list like they I could never listen to hip hop rap because they were like, Oh, it's got swear words, it's sexual, and yet like I blasted red hot chili peppers and man. Like, there are songs off of Blood Sugar Sex Magic that are yeah. just the most overtly sexual yeah, shit you've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cop, yeah. Cop, yeah. Cop, yeah. Cop, 
I got stopped yeah, by a lady exactly. cop in my automobile. Automobile, yeah. My dick. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, dude. Straight up. Her like cherry the, pop right like turning the jam. volume down while driving and listening to that song. It was just like, oh shit, I yeah. don't want any adults. To, to uh, but yeah, anyways, to get off of that, um, I've been listening to a ton of new music. Uh, one album that I uh, got into, um, I believe the band is called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Wizard. Guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, they just were like, man, they're just like bang out albums, like a- album after album, like, like ridiculous on the release schedule. Uh, but I believe their new one's called Butterfly 3000. Um, and it's just got like, like, it's weird because they've done very different genres and styles of music out to. So uh, I feel like that's my recommendation. And, and uh, opposite of that, I've also been li- listening to a lot of uh, Sophie Tucker who's got really cool, like, just, like, house and EDM, like, kind of, like, good bops with, like, this, like, Latin influence. Also very cool. I'm adding these as you guys are describing. All right. Um, yeah, so I've got a, I've got a few. Um, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, again, I'll, I'll shout out. Oh, yeah. Um, sorry. Jonah's uh, hopefully going to call in as well. He can drop some for us, too. Um, sorry. The Jonah surprise. The Jonah surprise. Um, so yeah, so uh, I want to reiterate um, the first album of Royal Blood, which is just called Royal Blood. But so like just an easy, simple song to get into. Like all, literally every single song off of that album could be a single. Like they're all like three minutes long, all super catchy, all got hooks. Um, but yeah, like the first one that I think I heard was Out of the Black. Just really, really solid song. Um, definitely recommend that. Uh, as I said, it's just it's just rock. It's just it's just simple, clean, and it's just it's just freaking sick that it's just a, a bassist yeah. and, a, and a drummer. Um, then following up from that, I'm gonna jump across the pond uh, to my boy Plan B uh, o- o- over in England. Like he is one of my favorite like um, grime storytellers. Uh, he he showed up in a in a couple uh, in the second. Uh, kidhood movie adulthood and he had a few cuts on both of the the soundtracks to those films which are freaking awesome films and have awesome like hip-hop soundtracks um and yeah like he made he made his own film and did all of the music for it and and everything and so all of the the album is um obviously it's a concept album because it is it's all based on the on the ideas of the film and stuff uh Oh, there's so many good um, songs off of the album, but I'd probably go with uh, "Playing with Fire," which um, also uh, uh, features uh, "Labyrinth," um, and it's just an awesome uh, song about like getting in, like you know, growing up like in the ends or like you know the commission flats or whatever, and like you know getting into the gangs and like you know losing like you know, your soul to the, the flame sort of thing. Like, you know, you're, 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 you're fucking around with, with things that are going to fuck up your life sort of thing. Um, he, he, he does, he does that style of, um, like, you know, really like heartfelt, like edgy stuff really well. He also does a, a cover of, um, he did a cover on like a version of, uh, Runaway by, um, Kanye and mm, he's, so, he's a really good singer. 
he could play guitar and rap as well, which is really dope, uh, which he does in his earlier stuff. Um, but yeah, super, super dope. And then I guess finally I'll, I'll, I'll finish it up with just a other quick one. Um, Hermitude, uh, a hip hop, uh, producers, um, in Australia and they just do really, really sick beats. Um, some wacky shit, some really tight stuff. Um, but one of their albums, uh, uh, I can't remember what the album's called. One more light or something like that. Um, but they have a song called the buzz. Uh, you want to listen to the original like track they they had a, a, another one that they sort of exported to the US with like a um a US like a rapper over it but like the original's just nice clean like super chill it's just oh such a good song but then like the the chorus comes in and it's just got this like really nice highs like not not full dubstep but like it goes it, it's like do, 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 do. it's just fucking sick it just goes absolutely off so check out the buzz by Hermitude and now we've got Jonah. Hi, Jonah. Sneak it in, buddy. What's up, guys? How's it going? Good, good. We've just been like talking about red hot chili peppers for like 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Chili Chat. What chili is your chat? Favorite? No, <laughs> My favorite chili? Like the food or? Yeah, like the food. Like, 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 yeah, I'd probably say habanero. That's what I like to cook. Uh, cook them up with. We're like so white here that it's just like red, red chilies, and then it's like whatever the other but, color is. Like green. what? What's a what's a red chili? Like you got a specific name <laughs> it, for it? You just like, like call it red like, chilies? Well, I don't read the thing. You just like look like Thai birds. You see, it's a like red chili, and it's like this. It's like a little bean, and you go, "That's the one I'll grab to put in the pasta." Like, yeah, we're 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 very white over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay i just recently in the last couple of years started getting into like actual spicy food so that's unacceptable it's good stuff <laughs> what do you mean that's unacceptable at least i'm eating it now yeah 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 it's probably when i like once i started like actually getting into cooking I'm like oh maybe you should try stuff with more spice in that's you know? usually what we'll do it. Yeah, I used to I used to be a little picky ass bitch baby. Now I'm just a bitch baby. <laughs> Alright, well before you uh, have to go, do you want to jump in with some uh music Rex or some music talk? Okay, so I guess Music talk, do you want me to go over like my history with music or do you want me to just talk about recommendations? No. If you don't have enough time, just give us some recs and, and tell us what, what you're excited for, because I know you got something you're fucking stoked for. I, I've got about 15, 20 minutes, so what do you want? <laughs> Go for it. Give, give us your music right. history then. Okay, so um, when I was a, a wee lad, I learned that I fucking hated country music because my mom would play it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> And I was, like, when I was a wee lad, I was really into, like, butt rock. So I was a big, like, Nickelback fan when I was, like, a wee lad and didn't understand what good music oh, was. Boy. Hey, they've got a song that has Dimebag <laughs> on the solo. So, hey, you can, you, can, you can defend Nickelback. It's all good. I was about to say, like, people can shit on Nickelback, but at the end of the day, they know what the fuck they're doing. They've made millions. They, they so. know hey, what you know they're what? doing. Well, or they get all the milk at their concerts, dude. <laughs> all 
Oh man, yeah, they get they get all the milfs at their concerts. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Canadian travesty. <laughs> hey, like you know, you've already had to apologize for Celine. It's all right. you don't have to apologize twice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I guess in high school, I really got into a, a bit more the the emo phase, going with like Three Days Grace and bands like that. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but like I was starting to get into like new metal, yeah, and, and like new metal too. So I was starting to dig like um slipknot and like stuff in those areas um until like pretty recently like 2016 2017 i really started getting into like the metal core scene and then like two or three years ago i started actually going to like metal core shows with my buddy jared um the first band that he took me to go see was uh avatar and that was just, like, ridiculous, dude. They put on such a good show. Uh, out here in Portland, we got a venue called the Crystal Ballroom. And I thought the Crystal Ballroom was, like, the most boring, basic venue until you go to a metal show and you can mosh on that floor because they got a swing dance floor, so it's got springs <laughs> underneath it. It's just so And bouncy. you just, like, oh, it's so bouncy. But, like, all the other shows I had gone to go see before then, it like, no one would get hyped enough to no. jump or anything, so I never yeah, really understood. You were saying that there's a big, like, alt-rock scene over in Portland, yeah? Yeah, that's, like, it's either alt-rock or... Yeah, either it's, like, rock either alt-rock or, like, pop. Well, no, yeah. because there's a huge metal community. Like, the metal community is really big out here. There is a, okay, there is a good metal community, but, like, not good enough for a lot of bands to tour here, and we don't get festivals anymore. It really sucks. Well, I mean. Like, you have to drive I don't know what shows you like, were going to, because I definitely was hitting up shows left and right for metal. I was going for, like, almost every day for a hot second to a different show. Right <laughs> before the pandemic hit, my buddy Jared and I, we were looking for, we were looking for shows to go to, and, like, there wasn't anyone that was, like, in our wheelhouse that was, like, come here. It, like, it sucked really bad. So you missed out so on, fun. uh, you missed out on going to Dance Gavin Dance because of the pandemic. Don't rewind but you, me! But, but Yo, you, shut up. But you've got a silver lining for us, I still have my up? ticket. <laughs> I do have a silver lining. Uh, Kai missed that show, too, because she was going to go as well. Um... Uh, my silver lining is I got to see Beartooth and Motionless and White. Also got to see Wage War and like Moths to Flames Ooh. before the pandemic hit. Um, in August on the 19th, I'm going to go see uh, Beartooth again, Wage War, and a small localish band called um, Dragged Under. And like, I'm just absolutely stoked that I get to go see two fantastic bands. And then the only album that Dragged Under uh, has put out, they, they uh, came out last year. Um, it, it just has a bunch of bangers on it. So, I mean, there's one recommendation yeah. for you. Cool. Dragged Under. Wait, yeah. hold on. And, uh, the Dance Gavin Dance uh, tour, was that the one that was going to happen with uh, Veil of Maya and Animals as Leaders? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still I'm still waiting for it to come back. I was <laughs> so hyped, so hyped for that. 
Oh god, and not even to mention it's scheduled for like October. Yeah, not to mention the people who are still waiting for the MCR concert because they only got like what two or three shows in before they had to stop. And like that's the worst thing too, because like you know, um that was the most hyped thing of like the year. Like everyone was losing their fucking shit. And then everyone lost their shit when they cancelled it. And by like show ten, like Jared would have like warmed his vocals up, like you know, gotten back in the rhythm. Because like I, I heard a couple, like obviously it was off of a phone or whatever. But I, I heard a couple of the songs. I'm like, okay, like he hasn't sung for a long time. Like he, you know, he needs to warm back up to it, sort of thing. Um, so yeah, like actually seeing him after a year of touring would be like the best time to like to go to go see him. Um, what's um before you jump uh dive off of that one. What's uh what tip uh dragged under in? Are they I'll be right back. all all uh like coarse vocals or are they are they cleans? Are they melodic? Are they, uh, they have, synthy? It, like it's your it's it's your typical metalcore. They got a lot of cleans and a lot of heavy, like yeah. all mixed in. They got a lot of a lot of screams. That's one, typically one, what I go to when. Sorry, what? Are they a one singer band or a two singer band or? Um. I'm not sure. I was talking to a buddy about him, and uh, uh, do you guys know who Jared Dines is? Yeah. Apparently, the the lead singer is, like, really close to Jared Dines and, like, worked with Jared Dines on a lot of stuff and was, uh, like, his manager or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I haven't put any research into this, so this is all <laughs> word of mouth, but that's, okay. that's uh, my, my, uh, my friend notes uh, yeah, apparently a lot my about uncle, this band. My uncle works at Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> my friend's cousin works at Nintendo. It's so crazy. <laughs> so does that uh, mean you can get me a, a job? <laughs> no. But they tell me about <laughs> things that don't come true because it wasn't time yet for them to, to be told. Like, Oh, God. I, I want to see so much more about Breath of the Wild too. Oh, yeah. I'm so sad they didn't even give us a name. I know. They're, they're like, oh, because it's going to give stuff away. It's like, you're already showing us that it's like in the sky. It's like, unless it's like Zelda is dead. Like, that's like the only <laughs> thing. <laughs> Plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost uh, like two of our people here. Hmm. Well, there we go. Uh, another recommendation. I don't know if any of you guys have checked it out, but Sal's old band oh, fucking yeah. slaps. Yeah. Oh my I god. Really that that real like SoCal like funk funk infused like rock. Oh yeah. my god, that shit was so good. I'm sorry to put you on the spot like that, Sal, but you guys put out some fucking good music. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Uh, you didn't put me on the spot too much because I had to step away for like 40 seconds. <laughs> oh, okay. thank you. I mean, you could tell yeah, our influences. No. Definitely SoCal Funk. We definitely listened to Chili Peppers. We had like 10 songs and they all sounded different. Um, but it was still like us. It was, it was fun to do. Fun shit. Oh. Yeah, no, you're, you're like, I play bass. You're like, I play bass. And I was like, oh my God, you got some funky grooves in there, dude. I love it. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Uh, we were called Dead on the Dance Floor. I put some of the videos on YouTube. I'll send you the link after this. But unfortunately, as Sal, he, Sal said, it was actually unreleased. And if you go onto Spotify, there is a band called Dead on the Dance Floor as well. 
Oh yeah, on, not us. Uh, not, yeah. Yeah, I think they. they I mean, I'm sure better than one uh, word or two words. Better than blood on the dance floor, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, we got compared to them. I think. Oh. Uh -oh. And panic at the disco. People always thought we were panic at the disco just because like, I think the syllables were there. You know, they just uh, thought we were going for that kind. I was of... like, I was like, no, not really music. No, definitely not in the sound. But it's just like it's always been hard to describe. Like, what's your music? Like, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, fuck. Do you know pedals? Do you know like amps? Like, I can describe that from that point, or I can yeah, just yeah, give yeah. you vibes and feelings, or yeah, send yeah. you a link. What do you want? I got a MySpace. You know, <laughs> you got a MySpace that if you press like play on the song, it'll buffer for like thirty seconds, and then maybe play like five seconds of it. There's yeah, exactly. Sweeter than jumping from like just fright of it randomly just starting to play, and you had it on full blast, and you forgot. What was your fluoro color on your background? Because mine, I was black and like fluoro green, like in my logos on my MySpace, like. It was like, yeah, like I, I didn't know I was a scene kid, but I was a scene kid without knowing it, you know? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, mine was definitely darker. I don't know what effects I had. I didn't play any music because I thought that was annoying when you logged onto someone's page and it immediately starts yelling at you. Oh, yeah. So rude. So rude. All right, I'll message you guys the, one of the videos. You can go from there. Boom. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you like it, Jonah. That's It's cool oh, that like years good. later people are like, ah, oh, what you have to? I like yeah, really good music. Oh shit! I I close out my window and I don't know where I'm at. All right, there we go. I um I was fighting off the death of uh MySpace for so long because when people were saying like when we went I went, went to uni because it was literally when I went to uni when we were like said like everyone was like oh it's Facebook now and I'm like but it's so sterile. Thank you. Yeah. It was like, it was so white and boring as fuck. It's like, uh, why? Why are we I here? I think you can go and still log into your MySpace. It's like, so Like, I don't think they now. delete that shit. If it loads, if it loads. <laughs> no, Zynga you have to worry about. Yeah. Live journal. Oh, awesome. They're gone. <laughs> All right, well, oh, uh, the last one. Go, Jonah. I'll get half the bounce. What was that? I've got two more recommendations and then I'll have to bounce. All right, shoot. The new song. I'm sorry, what? Go for it. Fucking go. go. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to edit this all out. <laughs> oh, no. Am I breaking up? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's enough of Jonah. <laughs> See? Oh, no. Try again next time. <laughs> We'll, we'll have Maybe. the Jonah minute next time. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I'm sorry. All I can hear is static from you guys. I don't know yeah, how good okay. my next Yeah, Hang goodbye. Hang up. <laughs> okay. Now that I got you, my last two recommendations is the uh, new song by Memphis Mayfire, Blood and Water. That song slapped really freaking good. And then uh, Lost in Waves by Landmarks. The, the whole album. Yes. I love nice. the French rapping on the Oh, wow. He froze on my screen. <laughs> like, yep. Like, can you, oh, you want to just boot him, uh, Kai? See ya, Jonah. Bye, Jonah. Bye, Jonah. Bye. Bye. Sorry. <laughs>
All right, we'll edit a little bit of that out. Classic. Uh, that's, no, are you kidding me? I want to keep that in there. That's hilarious. I hope he, he, on okay. your end, he paused when he finished his uh, recommendations. That was so perfect. It was. I got yeah, it on my got the last word out, he froze. Yep. I got it too. Yeah, it's it's great. Like crash and go out and be like perfect. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I think I'm the last one for uh, Rex right wow. now. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So I honestly wanted to give a shout out to uh, well, Panic at the Disco. Ironically, uh, Death of the Bachelor was my favorite album of 2016. Like I had that album on repeat uh, at my old job, like for probably two months straight. Like, I love the album to death. It's very melodic vocally. It's very beautiful with how it's constructed. You can listen to the whole album start to finish, and it just feels like that. Like, it just feels complete. Everything about the album is beautiful. Uh, Brandon's voice is actually one of my favorite singers to actually do, like, um, vocal practice with. Uh, just because he has such a huge range and this album I feel he like does. really displays that because it's not like what they had fully been doing before yeah it has some like spunky aspects but it felt like more of a well-rounded album like it all was a piece together and that's what I really enjoyed about it uh talking about his vocal range I heard uh them do a cover of Saint and So by Weezer, and I'm like, ah, oh, I now know the lyrics to this song because because he has very good oration. Yeah, and um, he's really good with like enunciating his words. Yeah. Where a lot of like uh, singers, they kind of lose that because they can sing, but they don't know what they're supposed to enunciate, and they don't know what they should be toning back on. Because um, a lot of vocalists, they don't know that when you have hard consonants, you need to enunciate, like kind of over enunciate the consonants. Otherwise, you're just gonna again get that rounded feeling, and you're not gonna get a full word. Hmm. Yeah, I've I've not heard anything other than like their first like few cuts like uh that came out around the same time as like um like Fallout Boy with like this and a scene and all that sort of stuff. So um yeah, I haven't heard anything, but I do know that he's a really, really skilled singer. Really, so really skilled I'll, singer I'll, and I'll, Death of a Bachelor really, really outlines it. Um the other artist I wanted to give a shout out to uh, is probably one of my favorite uh video game esque artists, uh, which is Power Love. It's metal, it's video games, it's everything I want. Hell yeah. And I just, you can always just jam out to it. Um, for a while, one of my favorite things to do is with, like, Left 4 Dead and those kind of games is, like, I like to play those, like, either with all the lights off, with, like, no sound on whatsoever, so I can't hear anything going on in the game. And I'll either bump, like, metal along the lines of Power Glove or Heavy EDM, and I'll just sit there and I'll just let the surprise, like, uh, zombies or whatever come after me. Oh my I god. I, I never know. I never know. Ballsy. So it's literally a ball. It's like, yeah, it's a balls deep playthrough. Like you, once you're in, you're in, you don't know anything. And like, I had to like sit there and memorize maps just so I can do this without like the jump scares. Nice. Um, that's actually, fucking, yeah, that's, that's really insane. cool. That give and, me trauma. Uh, do they use, uh, are they chip tune at all? Or is it all like, um, or, or just like metal? Like and, and It's like actual, like, like that, it's actual metal. Oh yeah, 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 cool. Because yeah. I, I love that. Like I remember, like the first time I heard that sort of stuff was um, like way back in the day, like two thousand five or something. Like so someone had done like the whole of like Metroid Prime metal, like, and it was like just so cool. Like, um, mm. and it didn't. It was weird. Like I guess I was pre jaded or something. It didn't feel like corny or anything. Like to make these like really epic, like you know, um, power metal like songs out of these out of these like um, 
you know, more downbeat, like, songs off of, off yeah. of video games. Um, they also did, like, classic, like, shows, too. So I think they did a cover for the Flintstones and the Simpsons. I can name those two off the top of my head for Shirzies. Um, Yeah, dude, no, I hardcore recommend it. Most of it's instrumental, but sometimes they do bring in, like, vocalists for some of the songs. And the vocalists that they do bring in just... It's gorgeous. I will have uh, links for everything. Um, this is a question I have. Uh, Sal, you can jump in if you know know about it, but I know that yeah. like Tristan and Kyle know about it. What what like? Because I am massively positive about it. I love it. It never has to end for me. Some people say it's very cheesy, very corny, needs to die. What do you think about Pop Goes Punk? Have we discussed this? I don't, I don't know. I don't think, think we have because to... I can talk to you about this for days. Yeah. For days. Because I, I, I fucking love it. I, especially when someone really goes in the right way, keeps it in, in the pocket, oh, yeah. like has, has the yeah. groove, but like really goes dynamic with like the vocals and the, and the, and the guitar and stuff. And the, just like, how they change up something so fucking basic and they just make it for a brand new audience. Like I remember yeah. like growing up, I was so anti-pop and shit because I'm like, fuck this mainstream stuff. I'm not wanting yeah. to conformist little shits. And then like Punko's Paw came out and all of a sudden I'm like, I can tolerate music now. Like yeah. that's not my <laughs> genre. What? Not, not necessarily yeah. related to Punko's Pop, but uh, I freaking love uh, that. You know, that guy dresses up like a clown uh puddles pity party or whatever he's got a oh. great voice he's like six four and he dressed up like a clown and he did a cover of i want you to want me like yeah. all emotional and i was like i listened to it for like two weeks straight i was like i wasn't sad i wasn't broken up with but i just liked how he he did a song that i wouldn't really listen to yeah. you know it's always been relegated to like a trailer for or like a part in a movie where something happens you know i yeah. never really thought it uh, yeah. thought of it as a song you should listen to but i i do like every like me too and the gimme gimmies or, or whatever like who are the who are the guys that do only covers? Me first in the Gimme Gimmies? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Like, like, I don't necessarily love it, but every once in a while when it pops on, I think it's kind of cool, and it like, yeah. it, you know, changes the vibe. Like, there's multiple. There are multiple covers that are better than the originals. Like, I can think of like, yeah, I turn the page by Metallica is definitely one. Like, my mom loves like Bob Seger, but like the the song is so much more epic. Like, uh, by Metallica, like. And there's also like it's just uh man, there was some uh Evergreen Terrace where like a old like mm -hmm. um punk band that always did like yeah. um, covers and stuff. Um and they're all like yeah, just blasted at your face, like um but yeah, the it's just interesting because yeah, there's certain discourse like yeah on the internet like that yeah, about like how you know corny it is and it's not like it's unoriginal, but it's like but some yeah, no one said it's original. It's literally a cover. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, like people make but, up the arguments like other people didn't make up and fight them. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but it's like, uh, and and not everyone is a banger, but it's like I, I love yeah. it, and it also makes me appreciate the pop tracks more. About like, oh, this shows you why hooks are important when you like when they're playing like like you know a cover of freaking um, Taylor Swift or whatever, and it's just like oh. This is why this music sells because of the fucking amazing hooks. Like, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love Pop Goes Punk. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tristan, yeah, yeah. No, to, on your point, like I think it's like um, even like Kai's point of like not being super into pop music, you know, early on or whatever. It's like like those kind of tracks and, and like those albums like really showcase like oh man, like yeah, no, these songs are good. 
Like yeah. they're well written songs and like it just it's not in your genre. Yeah. Like it's not in your wheelhouse of like, oh I really love it. Vibe with it. But then yeah, but the second, level. Yeah, the second it like turns into a genre that you're kind of more into, it's like, oh, this is really well written because yeah. yeah, pop music is like it's popular for a reason. I, I mean you, you yeah, and you can argue like, okay, the masses love it because it's just fucking throwaway garbage music, but it's like no, it's like it's actually like really well produced tracks, mm. uh, and there's a reason why they're popular. Uh, so it's a cool like kind of fusion into into that. And that's the thing too. It's like it can work the inverse, but like just a lot of the time, like no one does it. The weirdest thing about um, yeah, the the program or like the the segment like a version in Australia is that. If someone's covering an indie artist, it's like I have to make it four times slower. It's like fuck, <laughs> hey, that is unoriginal as fuck. It's yeah. like you could grab any fucking Slipknot song, any of Corey ba- um, Taylor's ballads, and make it into like an indie song. It'll fucking work. Like, and that's like where like the relationship doesn't happen very often, which I'd love to see. Is like someone, yeah, like. Yeah, like a Taylor Swift or someone, you know, grabbing a punk song and, and, and riffing on it or whatever. Like, it'd be cool to see that. Um, um, one thing yeah. to note, too, um, when it comes to, like, just the whole ripping on pop music, and the only reason I'm well aware of this is because I used to be this little shithead, um, <laughs> is when people are bashing on pop music, they tend to forget that, like, because they hate it for the fact that it is popular, but they forget, like, it's a, literally an entire team creating these tracks it's not just the one person which yeah. also can dive into a whole nother thing that we can talk about and debate about which is is it actually good music if you know everyone else is producing it except for the artist but we're not going to get into that right now um, i mean you can't deny that it's manufactured yeah a lot of people tend to forget that when they're sitting there arguing and making these points about how it's just blah 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 whatever the fuck they want to say but like you got to remember like it's not always just the artist working on this it's like a literal crew almost like a company essentially just working on like say one fucking album like yeah of course it's gonna yeah be absolutely yeah. yeah and like e- even to the point like it like yeah it's a big crew but it's also like extremely professional musicians that are recording oh, yeah. all these albums like oh, every single big, one like... it's like Man, they're they're studio musicians. Like they're yes, doing this yeah, all the time. Yeah. They're professionals. Like, Very well versed. Yeah. They know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing. They know music theory. They know like how to market stuff. Mm. They know how to like. Pro- they just they know everything that they're doing. So it's like when yeah. people sit there and they bash the pop music for this, it's like you don't understand. Like pop music is its own genre because it's what's popular now. This genre exists for the mass public. Like, I don't care what any, like, what a person will say about it. Like, at the end of the day, pop is for the mass public. It is almost like an opinion-based genre because what was popular per decade is different. Like, you're not going to sit there and say something that was more pop-ish in, like, the 90s. You're not going to say it's pop now, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, almost all studio musicians, session musicians, run rings around most bands because... They have to, on a daily basis, change genres like all the time and just get into the groove and, and, and play that music perfectly. It's like they're the, you know, we, we went to uni and we just learnt freaking, you know, music theory and just got it absolutely down pat. Like, you know, 
so there's no no absolutely no disrespect to freaking studio mu- uh, session musicians at all i think we're ready to discuss e3 and all the fun jazz that happened so uh for the people who are watching i have not seen anything with e3 i ha- know only based off of pretty much what steven has like said to me realistically i know almost nothing about it so for this session it's going to be tristan sal and steven gonna be conversing and i'll just be popping off with some questions so i hope you all are ready so to start awesome. out <laughs> do it so to start out with, I want to know who you guys thought had the best presentation and why. That's a, that's a very difficult one because uh, there was only really a couple presentations. That's like, that's A-OK. You still have to yeah. have a favorite. Yeah. One above them all. Yeah, it's hard. Well, it's, it, it's not yeah. hard for me because, like, like whereas, like, uh, Xbox had an amazing showing. They showed a lot and a lot of stuff. But personally, for me, I'm not a shooter guy, so like 80% of the stuff sort of like washed off of me. I could see the the how good the quality is, but for me, obviously, I'm a you know this guy simp. Um, so uh, yeah, I, 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 I just like I, I just like you know those style of games. Um, and the fact that they brought Metroid for me is just freaking huge. So yes, yeah, so yeah. Nintendo brought Metroid. Uh, well. Ubisoft slash Nintendo brought Mario and Rabbids, which I absolutely fucking love. That's such a good, solid um, strategy game. But like, and they're changing up the gameplay, which is awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's a great like entry level strategy game too. Um, so you're not like so overwhelmed like in like XCOM. So like, I just think it's, it's an amazing decision, uh, design decision when they made that game. Um, and then. Obviously, they, they revealed Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, it looked dope. They didn't show enough, and I wanted to see fucking more, but they showed what they showed, and they got us hooked. Um, <laughs> uh, just that first taste, you. you know? That first free taste. Um, and, yeah, so that was that was my three. And there was, like, there, there were other small things. Like, obviously, uh, one of my one of my um, best mates absolutely, absolutely fangs Mario Party and seeing, like, the HD Mario Party top 100 like uh mini games and stuff with old boards and stuff uh looks absolutely dope and the fact that you can play online it's gonna be hilarious because like no one's gonna get a full game because everyone's gonna disconnect when people steal their stars and shit like that so it's very, <laughs> very hilarious <laughs> okay so from my uh, understanding is they announced a new mario party yeah oh well, uh, it's, kind it's like of. a greatest hits kind great, of greatest hits but it is ground up uh remade it's not like it's hd like n64 graphics so it's one through it's what one through four mini games okay yeah so it's just mini games no no boards as well so you're playing playing so then my question for you is based off of the switch one and how dry and empty it was and how lackluster that game was it looks heaps better fucking heaps better um like just the mini games i I just kept on i was watching uh the treehouse live and i just kept on messaging my mate i'm like oh fucking uh sl- slot card derby's made the cut um honeycomb havoc has made the cut uh you know like all of the ones that like destroy relationships have made the cut like uh bowser's big blast and stuff <laughs> like that so it's like they oh, know this is going to be the saltiest most toxic game ever like for an online game luckily you know people won't have lobbies to uh be slandering each other online because man 
this is this is not a good game to have online. <laughs> it's so toxic. Yeah, but that also is like really cool because I know that was a big pain point for the last Mario Party where everyone was like kind of pissed off where like yeah they had that online option, but it was only mini games and everyone wanted yeah. that board aspect. So I yeah. mean. I see why they're doing it. If this flops because people are getting pissy because of that, then they need to stop shitting in their hand and eating from yeah. it. Yeah, online with um friends is going to be awesome. I just, I, I am, it, it, like, I, I'm joking about it, but I am serious. It's like, man, when someone steals, like, three of your stars, like, with uh, chance time, or, like, gets Boo to steal a star for you, it's like, oh, I don't know if I can freaking hang out for the rest. Like, because, like, 35 rounds is, like, 45 50 minutes of your life like you, you know watch your your life deteriorate in real time you know? i mean tough yeah. it out <laughs> i would tough it out i, I, I mean, don't I care think about you were winning. just saying that you would leave i don't think that's I, I, I'm it saying, out. i'm saying it would be close like but like oh man like because like whenever we play my mate that was always like the best and it has like 100 percented mario party 2 and like unlocked all the things like it was always like let's fuck him over it was always like it like yeah honeycomb havoc it's always like make sure you grab two fruits so that he grabs the honeycomb and like it was it was always like the saltiest experience but it's like i just don't know how um yeah the online community is going to tough out 35 rounds all right <laughs> that'll be uh that'll be interesting to see but you got me excited uh what about you tristan yeah. yeah um e3 was definitely a weird one this year uh there were a ton of like showings that like I legitimately didn't watch because I just I, I would get home from work and it was like oh yeah there was nothing there okay um, Capcom yeah sorry. Uh, who Capcom literally I I could have backed out in the first five minutes when they were like Resident Evil Eight DLC it's coming and I was like cool that's all I want to know yeah um, but that's all they said. But, like it could have been a tweet. It's that. It's that. Yeah. Uh, it could have been an yeah. email. Not, not Dude, it really could. Like they said, like because you wore us down, we'll go get ice cream later. Yeah. Like it, oh it, shit, do yeah, you guys not it, want to make the DLC? It's okay if you don't. No, I want that yeah, good. But like, of course you do, because like logo. the game has like a like a million chances of DLC. <laughs> like like it they has to be a thing. It was like they weren't excited about it. They literally just had white text on like a yeah, black by popular demand. Yeah, it was like. Uh, yep. Do you guys you care or like that's weird because they've done DLC. They did DLC for seven, and everyone like loved it and stuff. Maybe it didn't sell that well, and maybe that's why they they were a bit hesitant. But like, um, well, the like seven the DLC was also scrapped. Uh, part of the main story. That's one of the free DLC. I mean, for seven was what what was going to be released. Had they? Uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. one, the one mean, that came like, out for free. Yeah. Yeah. To be real, like like most of. DLC in games is that yeah. is like scrapped ideas where it's, it's like scope. we wanted to it's do this then like, yeah, yeah. Do it. yeah so it's like hey we'll release it when we got time yeah uh yeah but other than that i mean uh nintendo definitely wicked showing uh going to breath of the wild 2 i totally did not pick up that link has like a cybernetic arm now yeah. which is so sick like uh, <laughs> yeah yeah honestly um <laughs> Like Danganronpa remastered, very very cool. Like definitely like a lot of cool announcements. But uh, surprisingly, I think Xbox had the best showing. Um, really? Obviously, I mean, also Elden Ring. Holy shit! Like, yeah. hey, hey Jeff Keighley, yeah. he's out of gamer prison. I'm so <laughs> glad he can you know exist oh, in the free do? world now. 
Oh, like, it was just that he was he was teasing Eldering for so long and not bringing uh, it. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, like they literally were like, you know what, Jeff, you're in you're in gamer prison until you announce it. <laughs> and then he did. Um, but yeah, I think Xbox like it, they they definitely took the um, like approach of like man, less talking, more just like games, games, games. Yeah. Uh, definitely hinted at like a ton of really cool indie uh, games coming out. Uh, they doubled down on exclusives, which makes sense because you know they kind of gobbled up any studio they could in the last little while. Uh, Plague Tale getting a sequel, like, mm. whoa. Yeah. I, I haven't even played the first one, but, like, I know it's already a good game, and it's pretty cool that there's another one coming out. Um, I'll be totally honest, I completely forget the title of it, but the 2.5D cyberpunk game that they showed off was... Oh. And, like, I can't even remember the title, but, like, that was... Holy shit, that looks so cool. That's Somerville. I'm on the list right now. Somerville also looks really cool. Was Somerville the one that was from, um, like, a co-founder that did Limbo and... Uh, oh, yeah, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause it was out that way. Yeah, I know. Like, right? Like, you watch it and you're like, wow, this has, like, a Limbo vibe. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, it's one of the people that founded the company. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Man, I want to see um, that 2.5D cyberpunk game you were talking about i can't find it, it i i should have looked it up i should have looked up the name <laughs> i'm sorry oh, i don't blame uh, you there's like a hundred games that got announced yeah yeah they, they yeah very cool yeah also yeah like like their partnership with bethesda and just like clearly cranking out some cool shit redfall like from arcane who did uh dishonored like yeah. obviously it's just a, a cinematic trailer but like from their pedigree, like that's going to be some good shit. <laughs> yeah, and you might be, be you might be in on this one, Kai. If you uh, said that you're a fan of like Left for Dead, it looks like it, like a, a lot of it looks like a Left for Dead, but uh, vampires. Yeah, vampires like weird. Like apparently they have like uh, the four characters coming out at launch, and they're going to like do new ones that all have like very specific new powers and stuff. Oh, uh, I think the, I'm going to have to really games watch the that. Ascent. Is that yeah. it? The Ascent? No, not not The Ascent. Oh, okay, darn. Um, um, yeah, I mean, also, man, Halo multiplayer looks super cool. <laughs> like, like the grappling hook is, is definitely going to just, like, change up that gameplay. Uh, crazy that it's free to play. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, like, as a person, you know, I, I used to love Xbox, you know, back in the 360 area. I thought they, like, absolutely crushed it. Kind of went off of them for a while. Uh, I do have a Series X now, so Hell it's yeah. pretty cool, like, seeing this entire conference being like, holy shit, I can play all of these games. Yeah, like 39 on of them Game or Pass. whatever came to Game Pass or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest Ws, I was, like, just listening background of, like, the multiplayer, like, they had a deep dive on the multiplayer, which I didn't know that, that anyone else was doing, like, Treehouse Experiences, but they did that. Tree and they are yeah. saying about um, the season pass, not season passes, what are they called? Battle passes. Battle uh, pass. for, um, for Halo. Fucking greatest idea ever. You buy that battle pass, you have that battle pass. And you can keep buying more battle passes, even if you haven't finished the previous one. They don't, they're not time-based. So, like, if, as long as you just keep playing, eventually you will unlock the rest of the, that cool gear and those skins and stuff like that, or those emotes and all that sort of stuff. 
My buddy was telling me I think Rocket League has a permanent battle pass, but that means okay. if you start the game now, you have to catch up to like <laughs> three years worth three of years, like content. Yeah. So you gotta right. like you're just constantly leveling up. Um, but I, I it's interesting that the people are uh, people are still down for the battle pass and they're experimenting with different ways. I'm fine with a battle pass as long as at the end of it I get my money back. Like I only I, I I did that with Warzone. It was exhausting as hell. I felt like I was doing homework and I had like four days to do this and like oh I'm running out of time, blah 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 and I finally did it and I didn't touch Warzone for a year. I didn't oh, like that wow. feeling of like oh, I got ripped off, I didn't get the skins, I didn't get all of it. Yeah, like I, I for me I'll do the free mode until like maybe the battle pass is like a way I can at yeah. least trick myself into thinking I'm, I'm gaming them that's the the biggest like worry i always have with the battle pass is like it's like it feels like i don't I, and i don't know exactly i've never looked at the numbers but man like when you look at it it looks like it's like meant to be like 200 hours in a month or whatever it is or in three months it just feels like almost like an unhealthy amount of like gameplay to like unlock yeah. everything sort of thing and then it adds stress, like in my case, it's Warzone, already a stressful game. It added stress to me, like thinking like, oh, I set this artificial goal for myself. Yeah. Now, and then I get skins that I don't even care. It's like, yeah, you know what? I like the, well, that's like the, the default biggest one. Thing, that's the biggest thing with Warzone is like, what do skins matter when you're literally hands? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know? I did the, you know what? It's funny. I did them both. I did. A, I just realized um, I, the PTSD locked it away. I did Apex Legends and Warzone. <laughs> battle passes together that was like the worst few months of my life <laughs> and that's the thing too like everyone like absolutely loves skins on um overwatch but again i'm like yeah. you only see it in the victory screen it's like i don't i don't and even at it. 60 frames a second you don't notice the detail so yeah. it's really like the skins only matter if you're like 144 hertz gamer and you can see like a basically like beautiful image while you're getting shot at and you have perfect <laughs> right. vision yeah, for the most part, and that's why it just it's just broken down to silhouettes anyway. You're shooting at yeah. silhouettes. Yeah, yeah. But it is nice to have like a cool looking suit in Rainbow Six Siege when you win and have the victory. It yeah. does feel kind of nice. It does trigger okay. a little psychological like, that's digital me. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I'd like the mental damage of like winning like uh, especially uh, what four years in, in or whatever on um on uh, Siege. Uh, Fortnite, no, and, oh. and just being the standard Jonesy. Oh, whatever, yeah. Just to be like mental damage. It doesn't matter that you've like spent $150 in this game and be playing it for four yeah. years. I beat you. <laughs> One of the games I really love, Hunt Showdown, they added a prestige system because, you know, people want stuff to do after they max yeah, out. Yeah. And a bunch of the developers and top players haven't even prestiged. They yeah. don't care about that. It's just, it doesn't, not everyone's brain wants yeah. that, you know, thing that shows off, you know. And cool, you got a fifteen dollars skin. I have twenty dollars. You know, it's fine. That's the same with me. Me and trophies. I, I, like, if the trophy is easy, if I get to the end of the game, yeah, it's like not, I've got ninety percent of the trophies. I might look at the trophy list and go, oh yeah. yeah. But otherwise, I'm there for the game experience. Like, I'm there to enjoy the game. I'm not there to think about the numbers and oh, did I frag this guy or use a you know a ice bazooka and and kill four guys at once and all that sort of stuff. That's just like. That's it. Manufactured, like time sync, yeah. you know. That's what the, 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 of, the question uh, I wrote. Yeah. Oh, so, so speaking on, of manufactured sorry. time, uh, we have derailed quite a bit. I'd love to hear yeah. what <laughs> your are. favorite yeah. E3 take was. So. <laughs> um, I uh, my my favorite presentation 
Yeah. I believe, you know, I was listening to everyone and I was going to go with Nintendo because I was kind of a coin toss split. And then I started looking at the list because I had the E3 recap up while you guys were, were speaking. And I realized, holy shit, no, it's Microsoft. Definitely Microsoft for me. Uh, the, there's a few indie titles that I really like, love, want to check out, like Sable 12 Minutes and uh, that soccer first person shooter, Despelote. Sable, looks, dude. Looks yeah, insane. Sable. Sable's going to be whatever it's yeah. going to be. I'm going to love it. And then Homeworld 3, just because I love the Homeworld. I series. hope it's not too long. That's a, my only issue with like the desert. I hope it's not too long. Like, I don't want it, it doesn't have to be as short as Journey, but I want it to be like 10, 15 yeah. max. I don't want this to be a 30-hour game where I'm going across the desert because eventually, even if the music is amazing, it's I'm, gonna, I'm like that too. I, I can't play desert games too long. Yeah, I get I get thirsty sooner. I get like sweatier. Like I think there's like a psychosomatic response That's that my Pokemon brain Ruby like receives. Yeah, so I, 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 play <laughs> I remember playing Mad Max and just being foul. exhausted. Yeah. We got to um, say positive things about it. Okay. Also, also hold on. What's Sable in the Summer Games Fest because they had a Japanese breakfast perform. Oh, yes. are they going to have... Well, I was just naming those really briefly. I was just naming those sure. briefly sure. as, like, aside. Yeah. But, like, looking at the yeah. Xbox list, I mean, Stalker 3, I think, made me, like, do the thing where I hate when people do, where I yelled. And I, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it! You know, like, I fucking lost. I was beside myself because, like, it is coming out soon. It or Stalker really 2, good. sorry. Stalker, Stalker really is one of my favorite series, and it just had so much potential. It was limited to an engine that thought that CPUs were going to go one way, and then they ended up going another. So now you can't play it and make it super smooth. So I'm excited to play a smooth, optimized Stalker 2. Um, Back for Blood, I was a big Left 4 Dead fan, and I really am excited that they're pushing the, the counter-op uh, asymmetrical multiplayer. Uh, the, the, the Left 4 Dead 1 and 2, I liked it, but it felt like one side, the humans, moved a lot better and a lot more fluid than the monsters the monsters had limited rules if you missed with your tongue you had to wait for your recharge i hope they balance out those cooldowns so both sides can feel like they're handling and doing stuff um and then they don't own it but you know they don't own e either of these but uh 2042 like fuck yeah and i went out and that, bought a series X this morning like well like um, they literally like implanted all their sales shit into my head and i was like yeah it is a good deal and I like to bake, play games in the best possible frame rate and like graphic it, settings possible. And the Series X combined with Game Pass is what lets me rebuy games in an yeah. affordable way. Because I already have them yeah. on PS4. I might have some on PC, but right now, until I get a new GPU, the Series X is where I want to play Doom Eternal. The, you know um, what I mean? So yeah. like, I, they they sold me on their presentation and Age of Empires. Just reading that right now, yeah. I'm a stuck to play that on my PC. Um, the the showing of 2042 and like shooters in general, like there's so many pretty games, like, but like sometimes they just weren't showing a super amount of like originality. Like there was yeah. some game that sort of looked like fallout ish. Um, I mean, not everything shown. has to be absolutely no. mind, you know, original it and brand new. It, it does it, but I, like that was my biggest issue. Like looking at Redfall, I was kind of like checked out pretty quickly. Cause I'm like, okay, Oh yeah, this could be pretty uninspired um so it's in all the things we should like right it's like a yeah. multiplayer game it's got vampires yeah. it's got unique characters arcane and we yeah. were all like pretty nonplussed yeah we we're all like just show us the thing because it's a trailer that we're not we don't know yeah, yeah yeah um but that the 2042 trailer especially is possibly the reason why i was pretty cold on the halo multiplayer because i'm like when i look at they the showed 2040, gameplay 
when I, when I look at the 2042 multiplayer, I was like, God, this looks cool. And it looks like no one's doing this. And it's the scale and, and the freaking massive tornado and shit like that. It's just like, mm-hmm. this is so cool. Um, and you I don't like, I don't play them, but that was my most hyped shooter moment. You got to join us. We've <laughs> been playing terrible. four. We've been playing um, four. No, but that trailer was all, the the pre trailer that came out was great because it was all scripted and people were knocking it because they were saying it's not gameplay. But anyone that played Battlefield could know and tell you that's how the game is played. That's how people play yep. the game. And then they release the gameplay trailer like a day later and they show the other angle of them driving the jeep with the C four on it onto yeah. the uh, helicopter and they're them pulling the moves. Like mm-hmm. I think for it was obviously it's a sales pitch it's going to be really close to what you're going to get in release. Like, I think yeah. they're selling you now on what you're going to get. Um, just, and yeah. hopefully they learn from five. It no, actually, like, like, uh, sorry. It just felt like Halo in retrospect looked archaic in comparison to 2042. Like other than the grappling hook, grappling hook was cool. Especially you can like shoot it at like a, like a, you know, a ghost or whatever. Someone like flying through the air and like jump up to them to, to throw them out and stuff that's cool but just it it wasn't pushing the pencil it was the same as the reaction to the doom 2016 multiplayer where it was just like oh it's more doom 20 it's more doom arena but it's like but we're in 20 you know 16 and people were into freaking battle royales and stuff and, and and it wasn't like it was just more doom that they thought was like oh everyone's gonna love this because it looks like classic doom and people like yeah, we like classic Doom, but we're you know past it kind of thing, and that that's my only issue. I'm glad that every single fan of Halo is stoked on the multiplayer because like it doesn't come across to someone like me that doesn't play it. Um, when I look at the spectacle of Battlefield, I see the hype. Yeah, yeah, that it's super funny that you mentioned that because I feel the absolute opposite oh, really? of what you just wow. said. Yeah, yeah, where like the Halo showing I felt was like this feels like Halo multiplayer. And if you play Halo multiplayer and you've been like, you know, I have for like, you know, years and years where it's like, holy shit, these like little details of the grappling hook, obviously, and and just generally like the flow of it, it felt like someone was really playing a normal match. Whereas uh, Battlefield, it had those moments that like, they do happen. Like, you know, their catchphrase, like only in Battlefield, like, which is true, like, those moments do happen. I just feel like not all the time. Like, they they weren't really showing the downtime of Battlefield, like, you know, being teamed up with 30 medics throwing health packs down and you, like, crunched in between one choke point, like, just being like, well, this is the match for probably 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, like, uh, even, like, the teaser of, of Battlefield, where uh, they had a person pulling up in a dogfight jumping out of their plane and rocket launching someone. I have literally oh, done that in Battlefield 3, and it was one yeah. of the coolest moments I've ever done in video games. Like, yeah. like flew up, jumped out, just pulled an RPG. Dude was like, you know, oh, I'm going to take you out, and, like, just blew him up. Like, so cool. But like, always, feel again, do you always have a uh, parachute? I think so, since the yeah, original. Okay. I, yeah. I have a, a moment in Battlefield 1942 where just with a sniper rifle on Iwo Jima, a plane was flying towards us. I took a shot as he's shooting at me and I ran away. And then 30 seconds later, that plane just kind of fell from the sky. And we realized, we looked at the chat log. I sniped him in the head. He died. And the plane just kind of just flew up 
and just kind of did its own thing for 30 seconds and they came back down and yeah. crashed. Insane. It's like, you could really do cool. that in games? What? It, like, really cool. shit like that, when it happens and it works, yeah. And then also, what you're saying is absolutely true. I ran around the entire match and if it wasn't for Jonah, I would not have had health for like an hour that we were playing. People just what? don't throw health at you. They don't yeah. do the team things. And they got to do automatic systems because there's people that just don't pay attention. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it just de- one, it definitely breaks the immersion. One would be good is because it is a squad-based game. It's like if you load in and everyone's, or if you die and you get better load in, you can only choose the classes that haven't been picked because it's meant to be a team game. Because it's yeah. like, it's so dumb when it's like, everyone's like, oh, I want to be this. And everyone goes as that or whatever it is. And but they, everyone the same class. But they don't for, they don't really make it an actual team game. You, yeah, you yeah. can make squads. And yeah, in Battlefield 4, the commander can like talk to you. But there's really no coordination. The pinging isn't that good. You can't really tell people, go over there. And I really think that there's they're really like a generation behind on making it a proper team game where communication is necessary because people fall in line to the overwatch roles just fine if you bribe them with a loot box or something they'll do tank when they don't want to you know so i can see it working with battlefield where you get extra points or extra experience if you pick like a couple roles that you didn't want to but at the same time and sage as well is very heavy is it Uh, what do you mean like heavy like you have to be play your role Yeah, yeah i mean with siege you can you only get locked out of an already chosen person and there are, by now, so many duplicate characters that kind of cover each other's bases. So there's, like, hard breachers that maybe take out the whole chunk of the wall or the one that shoots a thing and it's a sliver, but they basically get the same thing across. Uh, in most cases, most people go in knowing how to play it, you know? But you will hop in on a server and it's just, like, everyone's just playing off and everything falls apart, like the yeah. last move of Jenga. And it's yeah. unfortunate because when you get a group, like with Battlefield or Siege, it's one of the they could be some of the best games ever. Oh, it's like yeah. it, uh, I've only played a few games online, but like when you played, uh, when I played a game of like, um, oh fuck, what's it called? Rocket League, and like someone's like, oh, I'm goalie, and they're just onto it. They're just like so freaking dialed in, like having a good goalie in like Rocket mm-hmm. League, is so so dynamite. Yeah, I I feel like uh like with some of those games, like there is the uh like Siege is like you know, it's smaller teams, right? Like it, what is it, five I'm people? Five. Yeah, and like an Overwatch, like same deal, like where it, it's like you you really have to play together or else You're you will scream. Yeah, where Battlefield, it's like you know you got sixty four players to like one hundred and twenty eight players, where you know even if like it it shoehorns you in being like oh, okay, you're a squad of five or six or whatever, it's still the scale of it. People are like, yeah, I'm just gonna go in and do whatever I want. Yeah. Whereas, like, those games, like, really require you to work as a team. And if you and, don't, like... And you can change the tide. You can absolutely... Yeah, well, when we were focusing and playing together, the three of us, it was Jonah, a friend, and I, uh, we were keeping up or at least turning the tide at points. And, of course, you know, we're only a third of the team at some point or maybe, like, a tenth of the team, depending on the player count. You know, you just want to... You know, you want to have fun, you want to win, but not every, like, loss feels like shit either. You know, it feels like a hard-fought victory and you have some cool moves. Like, we did yeah. this one thing where we went under the porches where there was a tank. My friend oh, Jonah distracted the guy, ran in front of him, and I just threw C4 on the guy like a little clown and destroyed it. It was, like, so fun to do. Um, one of the coolest things I must say about Battlefield, because it is one of the few, like, on- online shooters that I have actually played with mates, is that, like, because you're alive a lot longer than in other shooting games, you have, like, this little narrative I guess of your characters like you can like 
have fun by RPing the fact that this is one soldier's life that you're going yeah. through for however long it is. Um, especially, yeah, with the destructible environments and stuff. That's why I just find it like it's so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. It intrigues me because it, it has that realism where it's like, I don't know, just the whole, yeah, spawn, die, spawn, die sort of multiplayer isn't yeah. my jam because obviously, you know, I'd need a lot of time to learn because <laughs> I'm not that good at, at that sort of shit. But um, uh, the the one funny thing, because we've gone so far off track of, of E3 again, uh, is it was hilarious seeing all of the particle effects and stuff in, in the Battle of the Fire because there's this, the, th the storm going on and stuff. And like, it's all like... Um, dust clouds and stuff in the sky and i'm like well everyone's going to turn off that setting so that they can yeah. see better and like right. it'd be hilarious to see what the uh the sandstorm looks like when you're on low settings as well <laughs> like yeah. just this like little cone that's just <laughs> it's a playstation texture just wrapping around and warping yeah yeah, yeah. You're like, oh you're playing on xbox series x like yeah no that's not the way to play <laughs> like yeah <laughs> All right. Um, so the next question I have for y'all is what were you kind of hyped for, but when you saw it, it disappointed you? Halo uh, campaign. They didn't show anything. They were scared to show anything. And so it makes me really worried, especially because I just dived in on the series like this year and not fell in love with it but like really appreciated it appreciate like you know the weapons and and certain things it did and really i obviously loved um halo reach and just i just want this team to have have a win like 343 studios but it no. worries me that they, they didn't show it is it just the fact that they didn't show you like the campaign for it that's worrying you is it the fact that like they've only kind of yeah. like really focused on like that multiplayer aspect well, they showed because they showed campaign, or they showed like they showed a very brief snippet of campaign. That's the worst thing is like that they got so shell shocked by the bad reception last year that they just went into hiding and they didn't. Other than screenshots, they could have just said like, "Look, this is in in production." Like every time that they're like, "Oh man, I've got a cool like part of a level," freaking throw it up on buddy YouTube and show people. Like they didn't have to go into hiding, and now it just feels like they're scared. Because they showed a cinematic trailer, which did like very little for me emotionally, um, and yeah, it was just like, ah, oh, here's they they've replaced Cortana with another AI that uh, already John can't let go of, and because she's like, oh, I was meant to be deleted, and it's like, and, and but it hasn't happened yet, and he's like, good, it's like because I need to have someone with a personality that i can attach to and that's my where my soul gotta is. gotta have his ai girlfriend at yeah. least one of them yeah so that was just weird ai waifu yeah weird and yeah just it just made me go oh they either don't have something that's gonna wow us and yeah it just no. did they lose a dev recently like at the beginning or before the, the director, end of the year, yeah, they lost the director. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Oh, they swapped. Oh, it's happened. Directors. It's happened multiple, multiple times, times, actually. Times, yeah. So, Jeez. do you think that potentially, like, they could also be looking and seeing what has happened with like current like uh, video game trends, where like, say, some companies are like over marketing a like spectacular game, and then like you get something like. Um, cyberpunk where it just kind of flops do you think that they could potentially just be trying to avoid that kind of attention could be the no man's sky like option of like let's just bunker down and release something that's good eventually um but 
they've even now said that there's possibly a roadmap for the campaign. Uh, I heard, I don't know if it was those words verbatim, but I was like, oh, when we have the first few like levels of the, the campaign, I'm like, what? You said that last year they said that it was done and they were just going to polish the visuals and stuff. And the and that's it. Like the changing of the guard directors and stuff. I It it just worries me. And like the, the good thing is for the Halo fans, they're going to be fine. There's going to be great multiplayer and it's free to play, all that sort of stuff. So it's going to be fine. It's going to be a success. I just, you know, I just wanted it to get a nine, you know? I, I, like I, I was rooting for it. Like I've, I've never been an Xbox kid. I've got an Xbox now. But I, I was just like, oh, let's get you a nine. Like, you know, let's do it. Like fucking, you know, God of War got one. And it's like, and I wanted the next one to be Halo. I just like, I was on its side. And now I just feel like they're not on my side to like, give me hope. It's understandable. Uh, totally respectful. I get that. Uh, what about you, Sal? Um, honestly, the, it, I... I didn't have too much high expectations, but there's a couple of games that I was kind of interested in just because uh, I'm, I like the Monster Hunter games more and more. Like the hunting aspect, I like how it's like Dark Souls-ish in the sense of like, you got to not over swing and get, get too cocky with the combat. You got to come in with some strategy. And I was like, I'm slowly getting into more monster RPGs. Like I got Shin Megami Tensei 4. And I'm like, oh, there's more than just Pokemon. I got Yokai uh, Watch on the DS because I went crazy with my DS things. And then uh, I saw Monster Hunter stories and I was immediately bored and like disengaged. Yeah. And aside from like the art style and like the Breath of the Wild style cell shading that a lot of games are pulling off because it's really good to be resource like uh, light, you know, yeah. Um, it yeah. just disengaged me entirely. It's like, dude, these are fucking badass monsters and you bored me uh, mm -hmm. on the combat. I would like more direction. I don't like those combat games where you're just like kind of doing cookie clicker, like the bare minimum. You know, just yeah. hanging around there, and it looks to be that way. Um, I don't know why I was expecting co-op for some reason. I thought they were going to do something different because of Monster Hunter being so, like, inclusive with, like, co-op play. I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. It's going to be, like, this weird turn-based, maybe. I don't know. So, yeah, that kind of disappointed me, uh, but I didn't really have the highest expectations with anything else. You know, I didn't yeah. care about Smash Brothers. I have it. I'll play it. I'll get characters as they come, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, Halo, I've already kind of checked off and like kind of cast aside but now that's a that's a good thing for halo it's at a point where it can only surprise me in a positive yeah way you know what i mean it can only i'm not gonna get my heart broken because i don't yeah. expect it to be like what i felt when i played halo 2 or 3 for the yeah. first time or whatever but that means you know at the very least multiplayer is gonna be fine it, maybe it's gonna come out and there's gonna be a lot of complaints but six months later it's gonna be fine again you know like for what i need from halo it's going to be okay. And if they have the co-op, then it'll probably be fun for me to hop on with a friend and co-op through it. Um, I'm excited for Metro Dread. <laughs> yeah. what about you, I don't know Susan? what else to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely tempered my expectations for the Z3. Um, I think, like, it's such a weird year, you know, them taking a year off and then coming back still during a global pandemic. Like, like a lot of development has been obviously pushed a little bit further than they expected um but yeah there was still the glimmer of hope that square enix and capcom would like bring something cool and man they did not <laughs> like like yeah, capcom I forgot about them <laughs> yeah honestly like like capcom like like i said it's like i could have just watched the first five minutes and been like cool resident evil village dlc 
glad it's coming not a word about it <laughs> like yeah and then uh yeah like even the you know stories too is like i, I don't know like it looks okay uh the fact that you like can't play the other teammates is really weird for an rpg like that and you don't even choose your moves for your own like monsters as well it is yeah it well is... i'm sorry it's not it's not monsters they're monsters uh <laughs> yeah so there's that said that word just now um, i know yeah it hurts yeah. a little bit it sucks because that's the thing that art style is like oh man i could play a whole monster hunter game like this like yeah. with this art style yeah like, um but yeah the the combat is super disappointing and it doesn't have a hook like it doesn't there's nothing different from the 3ds version other than it just has higher res textures it's like there was like and that's exactly right i i sal i think it could be it could have been fun if you could play with a mate like even if it was just one yeah. one one person extra that could jump in could have made the difference um because yeah I, I was like oh i could like this game and then like i started watching footage and i'm like i don't though like because of the you know, combat is like this rock paper scissors but it's not like but it doesn't doesn't feel like you're um like i guess you could you could you could say that oh yeah it's kind of like fire emblem but it like it doesn't feel like that because you're not choosing you know you're not changing the weapons on the fly and you're not like choosing your attacks and 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 positioning and stuff like that it's just you know you bring in your monsters you can swap them out like um you know in tag team sort of fashion it just it doesn't have enough cool hooks. It just looks like if you really love Monster Hunter and you want more, and yeah, you can play it. And it, yeah, that that's definitely one of yeah, the yeah, pretty much. Uh, also, I mean, like uh, Ace Attorney took up a huge chunk of that. Yeah. I've realized people are very into that those games. It is a series like I definitely want to go back and and visit because I've never played any of them. But like, man, what a dry showing of like just like not. Uh, voice act dialogue just like going through it like being like i mean it, it, yeah you're showing the game but like it's not an exciting gripping you know e3 kind of thing going on um, so yeah one we haven't mentioned yet which like a, a few people are uh, semi-hyped on or semi-curious about but i've just like i was out i was checked out so hard instantly was guardians of the galaxy and i like i love the first film uh but like as a comic book reader like that is not an interesting group of characters like none of the them, movie made them more interesting than the movie made the them more interesting the camaraderie the, the the music all that sort of stuff made them more interesting but it's like like as a comic book character gamora is boring drax is boring like Groot is like kind of cool because it's like you know kind of you know swamp thing sort of powers i guess um raccoons kind of cool because it's just a raccoon and, and it's got guns like but like most characters just with guns just aren't interesting in comic book settings like uh, and it's like i could play a million other rpgs that have you know you know guns or weapons or whatever it just it just didn't grab me in any sort of way and it's like they're gonna hope they win you over with the banter but then it's that question of like in the gameplay trailer that they showed there was a lot of banter in like, they showed about, I don't know, 10 minutes of showing, whatever it was, five minutes. They were talking nonstop. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I think I would have to turn it, turn off the sound because it was just, it was just too much. Um, but yeah, like yeah, and, and the, wor 
sorry, the worst thing, I'll, just, I'll, I'll finish up. The worst thing was just that you can only play a Star-Lord. Like, let me play as either Groot or Ro- Rocket for the whole game because I don't care about Star-Lord. Yeah. Yeah, the second that they was like, oh, yeah, you play Star-Lord, that's it. I was like, man, fuck. Like, the little interest I had just kept on waning as they're dropping yeah, more info. Yeah. It, really, it really did. Like, I... I, I might push back of, of like uh, the banter could be cool. It's it's cool that they mocapped you know all the actors all at once. So I, I'm pretty sure like you know they could riff off each other like in almost I, like a probably improvisational like uh, way. But I hope that they pushed a bit more dialogue into the trailer than is actually in the game because like I like the yeah. banter in Uncharted Lost Legacy. Like um you'll be driving around and oh, yeah. um and and, Fra- and and Chloe and Nadine. Well, just like every, like, I don't know, say like you drive a kilometer, they'll have another bit of banter to say you go under some water and they get wet and they'll they'll comment on it. That's the amount that you need in those sort of games. It was like constant. You were just walking along and they, they, they would have read like 300 lines of dialogue, it felt like. It was insane. Wow, okay. <laughs> so that's, uh, are we, are we talking about SSX uh, Tricky now? <laughs> the DJ. <laughs> Okay, so I have one final question for you guys. Was there anything that you were hoping to see within E3 that was not showcased? Or was there anything that you were hoping that they might be like, hey, we might be giving you this kind of a remake, just like anything in general, like anything that you might have hoped for that just wasn't there? Hmm. Dino Crisis Remake. Yeah. That was the number one. Yeah, true. That would be I do remember such hearing. a good one. Just one thing from a, a new thing from Capcom. It didn't even have to be Dino Crisis. It could have been Mega Man. But one thing that they didn't say was there. They literally said, "Oh, we've got these four things to talk about," which all all four things were, were already revealed. Some yep. of them had already had like stuff talked about them, and yeah, it was just like, and then they they finished up with like talking about esports and shit. It's just like anything from Capcom. Like they are absolutely at the height of their power right now. Um, but yeah, anything from Capcom. I keep my my expectations so low for Nintendo. So like, you know, obviously I, I want a Metro Prime trilogy and I want like N64 yeah. online to be, you know, on the, on the Switch and stuff. Maybe not an N64 mini. It doesn't make sense because you'd need four controllers and all that bullshit. But like, and like you can't, make that controller smaller or anything like that um but like and obviously seeing the you know super nintendo switch or whatever it is the the upgraded switch but like i had my i had my expectations so low. i like woke up and i was like i don't even want to go mm-hmm. online like i said to the guys i'm like I, I woke up my daughter was like crying in bed so i went and settled her and happened to be 1 30 and i'm like fuck it i'll, I'll wait around till 2 2 a.m to watch this thing but i'm like i didn't want to wait like be there and be disappointed because i was just expecting like n- like not to see metroid not to see breath of the wild 2 and then like have to go back to bed angry <laughs> i mean yeah that would have been hard because like you're just sitting there yeah. boiling like what the fuck did you just yeah. give me yeah yeah <laughs> let me relive my childhood i'll give you money um i've got a shoot guys so have an awesome awesome day um but yeah i've got to go to work Oh, dude, oh, have a dude, great day work. already? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See you it's later. been a fun three hours. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> have a yeah. good shift. I'll miss you. 
right. Um, I guess with mine, my disappointment. Oh wait, Tristan, did you go? Uh oh no, just like an expect like like Dino Crisis yeah. remake. That was just all I wanted. That's, no, that's like, like a rumor I heard kid. that I would agree with you. If I was more of a fan, I I still want to play Dino Crisis. I was one of the kids that didn't have a PlayStation, but my PlayStation friends were really good at it, so I would just watch them eagerly. Yeah, you know. But um, so my expectations were low, and I feel like I don't want to come off like I'm ungrateful that E three happened. Everyone had a shitty year. We're lucky to get well, you know, a little bit of news. And in the end, we're still just getting marketed to. It's just it's just marketing. But I was still disappointed that they didn't announce when Spider-Man's gonna come to Avengers. And I don't even play the game really. <laughs> I just wanted to know when Spider-Man was finally gonna come to Avengers. I I played like the week before E3, because I signed up for PlayStation now or whatever to play with some friends. And it was a surprisingly fun game. I'm playing as Thor, and he's like God of War controls. And I'm kind of interested to see if they at least want to fix it. Because if they make that a little bit better over time, it's going to show me that Guardians of the Galaxy may not suck it like everyone thinks it's going to suck. So me seeing Spider-Man get announced... I mean, it's cool they've announced Black Panther, but it would have just been like, okay, they're moving in a direction at a good clip. And honestly, I everything else it was just whatever stalkers enough for, to to boost my mood that any disappointment is is fine <laughs> fair enough um well i totally wasn't expecting steven to leave <laughs> yeah he cut out yeah hey, that was a quick out yeah that was a super quick out we didn't even get to our last section so we're gonna save his question for the next time we are in a podcast just because I want him to be here for that. So my question is for you guys, is there any hot topics that are going on right now that you're just burning to ask that we can sit here and debate on? Oh my god. And yes, mayonnaise is an instrument. What? <laughs> yes. When? <laughs> How is it an instrument? When you slap it against things? It's a foley tool. You can use it to make sound effects. <laughs> Yeah, that's an instrument. Yeah. I mean, does it have? Okay, <laughs> is it a rhythm? Is it a percussion? It depends on how you it's use it. It's percussion, right? It depends on oh. how you use it. Is if you can is this the it, end of the podcast? Have... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> is this is this uh, how we're ending this? Um, I don't have any burning questions like that. What about you, Tristan? <laughs> Uh, I mean, like, the only thing I was thinking of is, is just, like, the relevance of, I guess, E3, and, like, whether it really needs to completely exist or not. Um, like, as a person who has watched E3 for many, many years, uh, dreamt of going, and then finally got to go to, like, two of them, and it was super cool experience. Uh, I feel like after that, it kind of was like, does this really need to exist? Like, I, I feel like um, you know, people like Nintendo and Sony kind of like backing up before and like doing their own thing. You know, technically Xbox is not even a part of E3. Like they were, they were E3 adjacent. Like you know, like like legitimately across like a street into like another concert hall that wasn't E3, but it was E3. Um, but yeah. So I was just yeah. What do you what do you guys think? Like, it, it, does E3 need to exist? Does it need to be this amalgamation of everything at once or can companies kind of like do their own thing so I'll let you i think go they can definitely i think they can definitely do their own thing but it, be, it being e3 it has like the cachet of it having like or the gravity of it being e3 so it already like sparks attention. 
Um, if you're Nintendo, of course, your own independent thing is going to work as it will Xboxes and Sony's. But I think A3 is super important because we stuck around, at least because we were doing the streams, we stuck around and we learned a lot about some indie games that probably would not have been on our radar. It's also a good time for Steam to do their Games Fest and promote other like independent studios. So yeah, maybe for like the big studios, the ones that are already should be producing nothing but AAA that we expect nothing but the best and perfect thing. Yeah, we don't technically need them for their stuff, but we need them for like the the clout they bring, and also like for the eyes and attention that it like it puts on these other games. I'm looking at eight pages on the E3 recap. There's just so many games that it's like their first time, or maybe the studio's second or third game. But it's like it's it's. I think this is why E3 is important. I I just wish it was always open to the public. Like I I'm in San Diego, so I get Comic Con. So I get to see what it's mm-hmm. like when you have a big old convention where you're actually allowed to interact and buy and, you know, get some goodies. I, th- I think E3 would would work if it was the business side. And, you know, they had their section where it's like all the, the industry people, but then also opened it up and accepted that people want to go there and give them money for, you know, posters and plush toys and they want to pre-order shit. And I don't know. I, th- I think I lean more towards we need E3 and E3-like substances. I would have to hardcore agree. Um, when it comes to E3, uh, at the end of the day, these are businesses, and E3 is nothing more than just like a business conference, which every business in an industry does it. Everyone has to meet their quarterly goals. They have to meet their yearly goals. And the purpose of these uh, showcasings is literally to showcase like what they have been working on. They're not like just saying they're like, hey, we're just producing stuff. Hey, we're getting paid to do this. It's a way for them to be like, hey, we're on the radar this is what we're doing this is like what we're producing this is how we're improving and it's their way to kind of get everyone else hyped up for it not at a like corporate level or behind the scenes level it's going to be more of the consumer level for the business not everyone did that though there was like a couple presentations that were flat out like for the uh shareholders i'm trying to think which ones we were watching but the 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 videos were like flat out but like, that just them, like, proves the point, though, that it is still a business conference. Like, it is yeah. needed. It is necessary. It is how, like, because, again, everyone, and it doesn't matter the industry you go to, if you have a corporate, like, structure and you have, like, a corporate hierarchy, you're going to have people who are having these kinds of business meetings. And it's just kind of how they present these meetings. Yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting bringing up uh, that it, it's a business-focused thing, because it is, obviously, but, uh, I mean, from 2017 to 2019, uh, that was when they did open it up to the public, and that's the only reason I got to go, uh, and it was very cool, uh, but there was also kind of, like, the, like, seeing people from the industry, like, people that I knew and had met, and it's, like, their frustration, almost, of, like, man, like, you know, E3 was kind of dying, like the, you know, it was like lower and lower people were going. And this was a way to max out how many people were there, but also it meant maxing out every line. Like, so if mm-hmm. people didn't have a specific, you know, uh, booked time window and showing, it was like, now you're competing with just, you know, a bunch of cool, like people that want to like check out games, which is great and works for stuff like Comic-Con and, Stuff like in Toronto, like Fan Expo is like really huge with that, where it's it's more consumer focused. Um, but yeah, like a, a weird, I guess, a dichotomy of both existing at once. Uh, 
And I, I would say, like, I, I do think it is still important, especially in the side of uh, the indie side, because, like, they're, they can have a booth there that, like, they're not part of a conference. They're not, you know, shown and streamed to millions of people. But, like, I was there at, like, the indie booth, uh, you know, a, f- a number of years ago, and it was really cool seeing a bunch of games that, like, you would never hear about. Like, because their marketing reach isn't that huge, but, like, you know, then they're getting journalists coming in and checking their stuff out, and then they mm-hmm. report on it, and then other people find out about it. Uh, and I think that's, like, super important. Like, there's a lot of huge business deals that go down during E3 uh, as, like, a, you know, a whole conference, um, which obviously didn't exist this year because it was all digital. So there's that. <laughs> I'd have to like fully agree with everything that was stated there. I I don't see it dying down anytime soon. I feel like they'll find workarounds to just make it happen no matter what. Although it would be really cool to see them make it more con esque that way, like, you know, it could be more for the public and more engaging and so those indie people can get out there. It'd even be really cool to see them take on that con aspect, but travel across the country too, or hell, even travel across the different countries. Just because, like you said, a lot of the indie people are in there, so it'll allow local indie people from different areas to showcase their stuff and help with the word of mouth to get more indie stuff out into the public. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't think they need to necessarily stay physical. I mean, they could just do these private studio presentations that they film and just submit, and then we just watch it as part of the stream block. Um, which, again, again, would help with the smaller studios getting out there. I, mean, I love the Devolver, not that they're small now, but the Devolver uh, presentation, and I love what they're doing, and I don't know. I, it's it's outside the box. It's not traditional. I know it's not necessarily marketed for me right then and there, but in the end, the product is. So if I'm entertained, I'm more inclined to bring a num- the numbers up, you know, the viewership up, which I think keeps the thing alive. Yeah, which well, I think. Uh, Another yeah. thing, too, is a lot of, if we're in just a weird area, because, like, how you said it could be online, they could even dual, dual cast it, because there is a lot of people who are, like, yeah, I'd much rather just do it online, I'd rather not deal with the crowds or anything like that, but then there is also the other people out there who love to be extroverted, they like to be out in the crowds, they like to have that one-on-one time, because sometimes these events are mm-hmm. the only time that you're going to be able to talk to specific developers and producers, or just anyone in general, like, working for a couple of cons and stuff, like, you would just be amazed that you would end up having conversations with people you would not think you'd have conversations with and it's just it's an easier way for word of mouth to go on there because you're going to remember a phenomenal conversation you had with someone who created something that they were really stoked about as opposed to just yeah. seeing a video of it so the it's passion like passion through yeah so it's like a kind of a cash 22 i can see it being beneficial for both factors yeah yeah sometimes like you'll you'll see that too like you know being at a a big showing like that and you have people that are specifically hired to talk about the game that like do not work for the company like they're just like you know hire for the expo and they got their you know little, little blurb or whatever yeah. but it's totally opposite yeah when you when you pass by you know an indie developer of three people and they're so stoked the fact that you're even looking their way and they're like oh my god let me tell you about my thing like like yeah you feel the passion and it's it's really cool Oh yeah, totally. Um, like I think the last con I worked was uh the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Um, oh, I was diagonal. <laughs> 
from uh what's his face uh brian collin the creator of uh rampage the entire weekend i was fangirling so hard because it was one of my favorite games growing up it was just mindless fun destruction like i could go to the arcades plug in my quarters and play it i would do it all the time but uh, i eventually was able to walk around the uh, con and he was the first person i went to and we sat there and we had a half hour conversation and that guy is super wholesome and that whole game he created it for wholesome reasons and like i will wow uh that literally changed everything for me he's all for the movie so fun fact like if anyone has any like qualms against the rampage movie tell them they can eat it because ryan literally told me (laughs) to his face that he loved it and he enjoyed every aspect of it um and it's just it's really cool because like these interactions like they can have these personas when they're on stage or anything but it's not until you get these one-on-one interactions that you kind of see the faces behind of what is actually being created and developed and so to have that conversation that i had with him not only instilled what i loved as a child growing up but it gave me a bigger respect for him and what he does and why he created the game cool hell yeah that's badass yeah, this is probably one of the coolest things I can probably talk about. I mean, I met one of the uh, art designers for Pinky and the Brain. I can't remember his name, but that was also cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun. He's like, I did Brain. <laughs> well, anything else, guys? I'll that take that it. as a no. I think that might be a wrap. Yeah. Well, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you everyone was able to enjoy E3. Let us know your guys' thoughts on everything. Let us know what you loved, what you hated. Um, if you'd like to have seen them put anything within the um, E3 itself, we'd love to hear about that. So signing off, we got Tristan. Peace, y'all. And we got Sal. I'm Sal. Bye. And I'll say bye for Steven because Steven's not here. And then, <laughs> and Kai. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. And have a great one. As always, a big thank you to our friend, Miss Riven, for the music in our podcast. If you like what you hear and you want to check out more of what they have, you can pay them a visit on Twitter at capital M I S T capital R-I-V-E-N 719 or on Bandcamp at Miss Riven. Thanks again for tuning in. My cat's standing in front of me. Have fun and I love you. Damn it.